Good morning, it's Danger Dan here in the talk shop. As you can hear, I sound like fucking Ron White. Uh, my voice is slowly coming back after one of the most wild fucking Sturgis trips ever. It was so sick. I got to ride a Pan America there with a bunch of dudes. Fucking, it was like nine days of riding through a postcard. It was fucking, it was beautiful. It was so beautiful. Got to ride the chopper home. It was, uh, I mean, it was awesome. Partied in Deadwood at the Outlaw Square with Harley Davidson, Choppers Magazine, Prism Supply. I even saw today's guest there, uh, Traveling Chopper Charlie. So on the way back from the 120, I stopped in, where is it? Fucking north of Denver somewhere and got to go to Charlie's house and sit right next to his chopper that he rode around the world. And when he started that trip, he swung by my shop in Texas and we talked about what he was gonna do and then he went and fucking did it and it got hecticer and I mean it just you, you know if you've been paying attention it got fucking hectic so we uh you know we talked about how that all went down and you're really gonna enjoy this podcast so let's get into it <laughs> This show, like all shows, is brought to you by MC Shop Tees, your T-shirt of the month club, the only way to support every local motorcycle shop. Each month we do a a feature of a shop from my travels that I find or somebody that has helped me or a friend out along the way and is doing rad shit and can help keep you on the road um, or is manufacturing parts. I mean, we've We've uh, we featured all sorts of shops. We do a one-off shirt, ship it to you. It's a surprise. You don't know. All you get to do is pick out what size you want. And we've got women's styles, men's styles, and kid sizes. That's right. You can set your kid up each month with a new shirt. Each shirt comes with a postcard that tells you about the shop, what they specialize in, where they're at, and how you can get a hold of them. It's a beautiful thing, and shirts are only available to subscribers. Right now, this month is He-Man Fab out of Indianapolis. Uh, dude, Daniel's a wild man. He's been building some fucking, like, real modern choppers with a, you know, he's got a style of his own, and I fucking dig that. And, uh, dude, wait till you see his fucking tour bus. It's like a fucking 1970s time capsule. So sick. Anyways, Daniel, keep doing what you're doing. Can't wait to come see your shop in Indianapolis. Uh, shirts, you know, as to be expected, if you're paying attention, August has been tough, but they are going out. They should all be out before the end of the week, I believe, if everything goes according to plan. Uh, but next month, you don't want to miss next month's shop. So you need to sign up before the end of this month to guarantee that you will get it. MCShopTees.com. Now, if you would like to support the show, but you don't want any more fucking t-shirts, go to DangerDanStockShop.com. There's a Patreon support link. And um, and you can sign up. Donate five bucks a month. Keep this show on the road. Uh and get a chance at winning rad shit. I got a $100 gift card to Lowbrow Customs I'll be giving away this month. Somebody's going to get hooked up. And trust me, there is shit at Lowbrow Customs that you can 
that you need. Not only can you use, but you need it. Uh, I hung out with Lead Sled Customs a lot in Sturgis this week, and they got a ton of sweet shit on Lowbrow Customs website. A Prism Supplies got a ton of stuff on lowbrowcustoms.com. Uh, the tires I run, Bates Bajas, those are on lowbrowcustoms.com. The front end I run on my race bike, my flathead, the, the inline Springer. I don't know if they have that one specifically, but they run Cannonball Parts. I was talking to Wolfgang from WW Cycles, who manufactures those, and apparently the the company that was making the rear legs, I believe, for those front springers started making bombs for Ukraine. Uh, so they quit making springers, which uh, is pretty wild to think that my front end was made in a bomb factory. Anyhow, lowbrowcustoms.com. Check it out. Uh, I've also got a wicked prize I'm giving away at the end of the year. For every $5 you donate, hey, keep them fucking dogs down. I'm trying to do something here, bro. Uh, for every $5 you donate till the end of the year, you've got a chance at winning an expedition thanks to Motorcycle Sherpa. Motorcycle Sherpa is who I've traveled to Nepal with uh, the past few years, and I'll be going back again this year. But some lucky uh, patron is going to win a prize. We did this a few years ago, and a guy named Casey Hyatt won, and we took him to Nepal last year, and it was fucking incredible. So hopefully the next winner can go with me to Mongolia or India uh, or someplace fucking rad. Uh, but the only way you're going to win is going to DangerDanceTalkShop.com. But if you don't want to wait on winning and you want to go to Nepal with me now, I believe there are a couple spots left for this November, the ride to the heavens. Go to MotorcycleSherpa.com and sign up for that trip. Uh, there's a bunch of rad folks from all over the country. Um, if you know me, Dude, they're, they're fun people. They're gonna, we're going to have a lot of fun. So don't wait any longer. Go check it out. Now, uh, as far as the rest of the year, we are getting towards the end of the rally season, or are we? Like, I'm fucking Sturgis seems like the fucking pinnacle of the year. We just finished that. Uh, two weeks from now, or less than that, I'll be flying to Virginia City for the Roundup. Carrie from Chopper's Magazine hauled my Pan America from Sturgis to, I guess, to California, and then he's going to haul it up to Virginia City. I'll be flying in Friday morning. I'm going to pick up my Pan America. I think I need to do an oil change. And then I'm going to ride that fucker around. There's going to be a pre-party that night in Virginia City. And I got a a, a wicked off-road loop that I found and mapped out. And I'm going to do that Saturday morning. So if you've got an adventure bike or if you would like to follow me on your fucking chopper, if you're crazy enough, uh, I'm going to leave Saturday morning, do a few-hour loop, come back, and the show starts at noon. It's a chopper rodeo. I mean, get the fuck out of here. It's going to be wicked. So... Virginia City Roundup. Check it. I think it's VC Roundup on the gram. Check out Chopper's Magazine for all the information there. Uh, the weekend after that is the party at the pen. That's right. Chop Merchandise is throwing another Chopper show at a fucking penitentiary. I really wish I was going to be there. Uh, but my wife's birthday is that weekend, and I just couldn't convince her to go to a fucking penitentiary with me for her birthday. I know. Shocker, right? Fucking shocker. Uh, but we're doing a big giveaway. I got a, a 12 month MC shop tees subscription. I'm giving away to whoever takes the most pictures of them and their bike at penitentiaries on their way to party at the pen. That's right. All you got to do is tag MC shop tees and chop merchandise 
as you're riding the party at the pen, when you take a picture of your bike at the penitentiary, you know, the sign, the pen, you know, as close as you can get, uh, it's going to be wicked. I'll do it on the way back from Virginia city roundup, uh, when I'm headed back to Texas. So just to play along, you know, just to play along. Fuck. I wish I was going to be at that one. Anyhow, after that, we got October. There's Rat Rod-tober. That's happening in McKinney, Texas. That's going to be wicked. It's always a fun one. Two of my favorite people on the fucking planet put this event on, and it's it's wicked. I could tell you the date, but I don't have it in front of me. Later that month is Born Free Texas. That's right, Born Free Texas. You know the fucking deal at the Yellow Rose Canyon. It's going to be fucking wicked. Follow Yellow Rose Canyon for all the details on that. Born free on the gram. Uh, Me and my friend Lee Bullock are throwing an art party show. We're renting a fucking circus tent. We're going to fill it with a bunch of badass art. It's called Prince Paints and Steel. There's going to be photographers, painters, and some metal sculptures that are going to have some wicked. Actually, we also have a guy doing wood cutouts. My boy Wes is going to have... We're going to have all sorts of shit. You, you don't want to fucking miss it. Uh, along with the the bike show, Born Free Texas, there's going to be races. I think Meatball's coming out from California to do the races. It's going to be sweet. The Wall of Death, the Ives Brothers. Hopefully you saw them in Sturgis if you were there. They'll be out there in Texas. It's going to be a wicked good time. So, all right. Let's get into this fucking podcast with Charlie, dude. Charlie rode his fucking chopper around the world, right through fucking Russia as they were attacking Ukraine, dude. What a fucking badass. Anyhow, Charlie, thanks for sitting down with me and giving me a piece of your time. Yeah, you know, those are, those are pretty important things to me. Yeah. You know? That's like my favorite thing is that they're still there when I get home. Yeah, because apparently these days it's frowned upon to just, like, ship your kids to a foreign country and let somebody else raise them. It's not as cool as it used to be, I don't think. Really? Was that a thing? Like boarding school. Oh, cool yeah. Kids no, my friend school, just you know? did it with his fucking kid. Oh, see? Okay, there that you go. fucking shithead. He, he just got back and he was like, he is just a little bit more attentive, and that's all they did. <laughs> <laughs> all that money, all that time. Oh, shit. Yeah, no, it's yeah. not that much better. Uh, this guy's going to come up and try to sell me something. No, he's not. You think? Jehovah's Witness? Yeah, oh, no, okay. We've been, getting, we've, been getting these, we've been getting these fucking, like, bug people coming by. All this rain we've been having. People have been a lot of problems with bugs and spiders. Like, the same guys that try and sell like, your roofs? I don't roofs? think so. Well... You got those guys too. I guess you've been having a bunch of hail up here, right? Yeah, I got fucking... We had a hail storm come through about a month ago. So we had some properties in town, and uh, so yeah, I got to fucking replace three, fucking three of them. No way, like, dude! I heard that they were having a show at Red Rocks, oh, and dude. all those people just Madness. got fucking <laughs> smashed, dude. There's nothing, no cover there. No, nothing. And, and you can't just go to your car. Hospital shit. Yeah, it's pretty bad, dude. That happened in uh, Arlington years ago at Mayfest. Everybody's outside enjoying, yeah, the festival, and right. then. Softball size fucking hell came dude. down and was just beating yeah. people up. And then the dude. people at Red Rocks apparently they heard there's like some now some lawsuits. And I'm like, well, how's it their fault? That's insane. Lawsuits? Yeah, I'm like, is it like you paid a ticket to stand outside? Yeah, you know what the facility is. Like it's weather. Like you know there's no cover. Fucking people. Those fucking people. No. They should get put on the list. Yeah. 
Like a no-fly list? Exactly. Like you're not allowed to have any fun. You're not allowed. No fun list. No. Or a red flag comes up. <laughs> if you do business with one of the people on the list, like, hey, just for the record, this <laughs> is one of those motherfuckers. You've got to sign a waiver before they do anything. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. Well, what do you want to talk about? Well, uh, you know, last time we sat down to talk, uh, you know, you were, you were starting a fucking wild trip. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it, it was a wild trip just... At that point in time, because it was a wild trip, you know, you're going to Russia to ride the road of bones. You're going to visit your girl, actually. Yeah. You'd send her off to a boarding school in another country, so train her up a little bit. Yeah, get her whipped into shape. How'd that work out? Not well. Did you? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, yeah, yeah, no, no, she had gone deployed to Kuwait. And yeah, there was talk to me at that point of trying to get to Kuwait. uh, Yeah. Which actually never happened. Really? Yeah, well... Oh shit! I'm doing something retarded here, dude. Uh-oh. Is it gonna? Is it gonna? Oh, it's still working. I'm just it's recording everything in it's, reverse. It's like I've never done this before. No, a, a flip, a, sw- a flip, a, w- a switch got flipped. Yeah. Gotta, Give me some more audio. Gotta watch those switches. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I really, I had you hot, dude. You were fucking peeking, dude. Was it squeaking? I don't know. Like a chipmunk. Kind of. All right, now we're now we're in business. Okay. Okay. Now. So yeah. So at the time, last time I saw you, it was in Texas. It was about fifteen below zero. <laughs> it felt like. Well, that's right. It was cold as fuck, cold wasn't it? Fuck. Yeah. It miserable. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, remember thinking, man, it, I'm glad I'm driving today, oh, Tyler. Man, even with all my gear on, everything running, it was still miserable. And you got a, you got some. Some electronics on here too, right? Yeah, I got you the were heated plugged gear. in. Yeah, I'm plugged in, heated gear, crank the fucking max. It didn't matter. Yeah. It was so cold. Dude, the hand warmer things and on the Panamera. And, and then you made me sit in your freezing ass garage. We had that heater going, <laughs> dude. We had that little deer born, dude. Just breathing in those gas fumes inside warm, my unventilated shop. It didn't warm up for a week after that fucking day. It didn't, yeah. I forgot how cold it was then. It was so cold, dude. Yeah. But and you came from here. No, well. Oh, you went kinda. to Mexico or some I shit. I was first. coming out of Mexico, basically. Yeah. In California and that kind of that side of the country where it was warm. Mm-hmm. But then that cold front moved in like the day before I was coming to go, we're headed to go meet you. But whatever, it's all good. I don't care. It was fun. Good warm up. Yeah, right? good practice. Good practice. Good, it's training. Training, dude. That's right. <laughs> Everything's training. And then we met again in Daytona. Oh, and yeah. In between then. That's right. In between my place in Daytona, you know, hell breaks loose. Yeah. Over there in the country you're heading Oh, towards. that's right. Or they're in, in Russia. Because that wasn't yeah. a thing when we first talked. No, the war hadn't started yet. Yeah. Had it? No, it couldn't have. No, it hadn't. No. Because that... Because I remember people started messaging me. When they'd listen to the show after finding out the war broke out, right, they're like, right. oh, well, I guess he's not going there now. And I was like, Because remember, it, it had broken out uh, not long before I left the country. Yeah, it was just before Daytona. Because I remember being in Miami and thinking, like, man, what do I do? Do I just pull the plug on this? Because if it's not possible to accomplish this whole round the world idea, yeah. then do at that I, point, I'm like, do, sh- I even, do I even bother? Yeah. And, uh, so then at that point, then I was like, well, I can always just go spend the summer in Europe fucking around. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, I might as well ship it over. And then I'll just kind of feel it out and see what happens. You know, kind of keep an eye on the political climate and see how, just how bad this is going to get. 
And then I think once I got to Europe, I was like, well, I might as well like start heading that direction. That way, if it works out, I'll be close. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, I'm just going to stick with my plan and just kind of see what happens. And when I get to Georgia, the country of Georgia. Now, did you have people reaching out to you? Like, so many people. Are you not really still doing yeah, this? Yeah. So many people were like, like I, I bet like, I said, this something. is insane. I can't believe you were fucking doing this. And, you know, some people were like, it was a little bit of both. It was mostly people like showing concern for my safety. They're yeah. like, like we we know you, you know, close friends of mine are like, dude, we know how you get. You get these ideas in your head and you're not gonna let it go. I'm like, yeah, that's like hundred percent accurate. And they're like, We're just we're worried about you. Like we don't want to see you go into Russia. Yeah, because not only was the war happening, there were some other things that happened to Americans in Russia along that same period. Yeah, but it was like but my argument with that stuff, I'm like, yeah, but these are like Journalists. No, I, I like get what you're saying, but political for, activists. But for the, from the perspective of somebody that's not engaged in, you know, sure. these things, all this you is, can see how people. All this be, is American apprehended in Russia. Exactly. And they don't really pay attention to the details. Yeah. Or had weed. Or got caught with drugs. Weed. It's like, like yeah. oh yeah, no shit, they got in fucking yeah. trouble. How dumb do you gotta be? That was so insane <laughs> that that was such a big deal. Yeah. A, yeah, yeah people of course you got in trouble it. for taking illegal shit yeah. into a country. Exactly. It's just, it's just common sense stuff, in my opinion. Uh, but there was some apprehension, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Now, did I tell you about... Uh, oh, the guy in Tbilisi. Um, Patrick. Patrick. Did I tell you about him in Texas? No. Or was that something that, that I told you about later on? Oh. I think I talked about it in Texas. It might have we been were, Texas. You were, we were talking about where you were going to enter. Because def- you definitely made that connection, which would... Turned out awesome, by the Isn't way. Isn't Patrick great? Yeah. He's a trip, right? I ended up at his house for like three weeks. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it was supposed to have been a week. I felt a little bad after a while. I was like, uh, <laughs> cool, and I'm still here. <laughs> but he's so chill. He didn't seem to care. No, he's just... And his just, girlfriend's um, awesome. She was actually a lot of help. Uh, they were, I mean, all of them were huge help. And just even like, basically like giving me the time to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Cause that's what it came down to. Was yeah. just like I need like, like I'm not gonna find a solution to crossing this border while also overnight. roaming around trying to right find a place to right chill for a second. Exactly. Much less so having that three weeks of just having a stable place to stay mm-hmm. was huge. Batteries charged. Huge. Yeah. Electricity. And they speak English. Internet, they, they know the and town. They speak English. Yeah. And he's the same kind of mentality as you. Right. It's right. Like, yeah, I'm not gonna let some fucking goofy motherfuckers fighting a war stop what I've got. Exactly, going on. which was which was a good influence in that in that moment. Yeah, you know, to have to be surrounded by those people that are like, yeah, dude, we'll we'll figure this out. This is enough. This is yeah. this is just this is you know. This so it was easy. Everybody did exactly. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm glad. Like I'm glad I I'm glad I did because I certainly had some moments over there where. You know, starting to have those honest got thoughts. Like, man, it's like I don't know if this is gonna happen. Well, I, I'm sure if you're like me, you follow signs out there. You know, like yeah. you, you listen to the world, the wind. You know, like there are right. things that you pick up on that make you go left or right. Right. And sometimes <laughs> the roadblocks or the challenges, you're like, is that a sign or is yeah. that just, you know, yeah. preparation for the next step? Because it right. can also be that it's like. No, it's not. It's not a deterrent, or it's. A, I just saw it as part of the challenge. Yeah, there I'm you like, go. this is just just 
part of the journey that I'm on. It's part of the challenge. I'll figure it out. But, you know, it's pretty, de it's pretty depleting when you go to the border and then they send you back. They reject you and they're like, yeah, no, not a chance of you coming so in. So did you go straight to the border first thing to just see? I, I went, no, I actually went to Patrick's. Uh, we got on dirt bikes. He gave me this big tour for like three or four days on dirt bikes. Oh, was, so you got? Did he show you like his tour route that oh, he yeah. takes people on? Dude, it was amazing. Oh, amazing. It was. And so we go do that, and at that point, like I'm, I'm thinking about the border crossing, but I wasn't even like I wasn't there yet, right? Yeah. I'm like I'm not ready. And so we get back to his place, hang out for a day or two, and and then I'm like, okay, I'm gonna hit the road. And. Uh, Go up there, and his other buddy, uh, this Australian guy, was also staying with him. So he rode to the border with me, and he stopped on the Georgian side, and there's a big gap between the Georgian and the Russian border. So he stopped there. We say our goodbyes, and I'm like, uh, hopefully I don't see you, but I might. Mm -hmm. We'll see what happens. And so yeah, get up there, and you know they send me home. They're like, no, nah, dude. Not a fucking chance of you coming in here. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what you're thinking, but this is not happening. And uh, so I'm like, ah, fuck. So did they around. make it? Did they give you any sign that, like, no. maybe there was a loophole or it was like, no, it was just, this is hilarious? Yeah. No. You not know. coming in. <laughs> yeah. Yet. <laughs> Go back. Yeah. Like, this <laughs> is know? comical that yeah. you showed up thinking like, you with a fucking in. American passport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cute. Yeah. <laughs> So then it was like, and then, you know, then you just have that moment as you're like, as I'm like leaving now to go back into Georgia. And I'm still kind of in that. In that little in that zone in between. Zone, which yeah. is actually, it was like five or six miles. Oh, really? It was larger than normal. Then in most countries, it's fairly small. I want to be separate from Russia like that too. Well, yeah, there's been a lot of conflict yeah. between those two countries. So it was a, it was a big gap for a reason. And, uh. So yeah, so, you know, it's kind of had those thoughts of like, oh no, like that that didn't work out, and now what? Like, I've come a long ways, like I've covered a lot of ground to get this far. Yeah. Like, is this the end? Yeah. And if it is the end, what 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 am I doing? Like, where am I going from here? Like, there's nowhere to go at that point. The the only option would have been to tr turn around and go back into Europe. Really? At that point. I mean, because, you know, you're stuck. Because you're like, you're in Georgia. To the north is Russia, closed. To the east is Azerbaijan, closed. To the south is fucking, basically, basically Iran. There's another country there I'm drawing a blank on. You know, like a lake right in there, too, or a sea? Well, there's the Caspian Sea. <clears throat> yeah. So what a lot of people will do is they'll go into Azerbaijan to the town of Baku and catch the ferry from Baku to Turkmenistan if they don't want to go to Russia or it's just not on the route that they want to take or whatever. Um, but that wasn't an option because Azerbaijan is closed also. Because? For COVID reasons. Oh, God damn. Yeah, it's still closed as far as I know. Last year. Last year, yeah. So that wasn't an option. Going south wasn't an option because you had basically Iran, Pakistan, Afghanistan, like all those all countries, the all the stands, which yeah. I didn't have, didn't have visas for. Even if I did have visas, there's still a ton of other requirements to go into those countries as an American. And so that is, it just like, 
honest to God, wasn't an option. Yeah. Uh, and the only way to even get a visa for, like, let's say, Iran, I would have had to fly home back to the U.S. Oh my God. To get it because they won't issue it to you outside of your home country. Wow. So it's like all these like little things. I'm like, I have nowhere to go. Like I'm stuck in Tbilisi. Go back this to is Patrick's like house. the end of the road, basically. Yeah. So yeah, I did ultimately go back to Patrick's house. And then started exploring all the options of what to do. And, you know, I'm sure maybe you've already heard this story, but um, it took a couple weeks, but I ended up basically uh, finding... I have not heard the story. I know I don't know. Oh, okay. So basically ended up finding a fixer in Holland who has connections with the FSB in Moscow. And for 250 euros, he's able to get me a piece of paper issued that said I needed to enter the country basically for work reasons, essentially. It had me going in as a... And this, as was a, a, this was a legal operation. This wasn't... It all felt a little fuzzy. Yeah. Like, it didn't feel 100% legal. But I was kind of worth yeah. Which willing to give it a like shot. kind of like loopholes in weird countries. Right, where it's like, right. This doesn't seem legal, but yeah, all the legal people are accepting. Right. So I'm like, okay, let's give that yeah. a shot. So... I paid him the 250 euros, sent him all my info. He gets this paperwork back, sends it to me. And then uh, and now I go back. And so I go back up there. And um, same kind of response from the border person. They look at my American passport and they're like, no, 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 no. Go back, go back. But I'm like, yeah, but now I have this piece of paper. And I hand him this piece of paper that's all Russian. So I have like literally no, no yeah. idea what it says. I mean, it could say arrest arrest this person on the yeah. spot. For all I know. <laughs> say, He's got weed. Put him with a basketball player. <laughs> yeah, like, I have no idea. I mean, this could just go horribly sideways on me. So, this the the person working the booth there, um, you know, tells me to sit down. She's looking at it and she's like, "Yeah, I don't really know what to do with this." So, go over here, sit down on this bench. An hour or so passes, and this official guy comes out, and he trots me up to basically an interrogation room, a little concrete box with a picture of Putin on the wall and cameras pointing on me, and mm-hmm. starts drilling me and all these questions about like, where'd you get this? Where'd you get this document? Who do you work for? You speaking in English? Very, very broken English. Yeah. Which I think is ultimately what helped is that he knew very little English, and I know zero Russian. I think that's actually what ended up. I mean, that working out seems to end. help in weird situations, right? Because he's with kind of officials, gave up. it's like because after a while, they're I don't like, understand. Yeah, exactly. Because after a while, they're like, "This is too much work." Yeah, just, just, just go. I'll let somebody else just fucking go. deal with you. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so yeah, after a good grilling from him, uh, he let me in. Yeah, and fucking. I'm sure his main thing. Was just seeing if you did anything suspicious. Probably. You know, like. Yeah. It's kind of. He was like, "Okay, this paper says you can go, but yeah, if I'm the one that lets you in here, and you're fucking, you know, yeah, you're you've got sweating any, and nervous. Yeah, and, or you're, you've got any kind of involvement with the military, then I'm gonna be in trouble. Right. And he was just trying to see if you well, you, sh- you showed which, any signs. Which was of, part of the nerve wracking part, because at the time, my wife Kayla, is in Kuwait on military orders. So that was like, that was the part I was most nervous about. And I'm like, like, what if he connects to the dots? Yeah. That my wife is in the U.S. Army 
and stationed in Kuwait. I'm like, oh, that, can, that might not go well. And so when he started asking you know, questions about family and stuff like that, he asked if I was married, and I said, yeah. And immediately, you know, I'm like, oh, fuck. What's the, She's the, an artist. What's the next question? She's an artist. Be? I know. That's what, what I would have said. <laughs> but, like, but he's sitting there looking at a computer screen, and I don't know what's on the screen. Oh, he you might, don't know what he, kind of information he he's might, got access to. He might to. know all this. Right? He might be on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> I found him. Yeah. He's liking photos on Instagram. <laughs> I just picked up a new follower. Oh, my God. I have no idea, you know. So, I mean, ultimately it worked out. It reminds me of that story Doug has when he's, like, down in the stands, you know. And right. He takes a photo of him by, like, one of their fucking spy facilities. Right. Like military facilities. And, and they're, they're like, like think he's him. a spy, you know. Yeah. And then they see the pictures on his Instagram. They're right. Like, You're a fucking goober. Go yeah. on in there. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, that's got to be nerve-wracking. Um, yeah. And I know it. I know it's nerve Just my little experience being on the same rock, you know. Right. Down below where I'm yeah. like, Fuck! It's like yeah, it was terrifying. Yeah, it's it isn't it insane. It was more than nerve wracking. And not terrifying. having anybody to like, I mean, I'm sure you weren't worried about theft at that point. No, or anything, but like, because I'm just you know, that was my one of my bigger concerns down in South America was like being in a room with my bike outside and a bunch of people right. that don't have very much right outside with. And you're worried about what you're all my life back out to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there could have been a lot of people at your border at any of those borders, right? Like sure. Yeah, it wasn't I mean, like a line of people waiting to get in Russia. More than you'd think. Really? More than you'd think. Most people were coming out of Russia, but there were a lot going in. But, yeah, I mean, you definitely have that moment of, like, here I am sitting in this little concrete box in the middle of the Caucasus Mountains on the Russian border, like, 100 miles from the next legitimate town. And I'm like, fuck, dude, like, they could do anything they wanted to me. Like, who would know? Mm-hmm. And, how long, and how long would it take for people to figure out that suddenly I was just missing? Actually, it probably wouldn't have taken long because there was yeah, a... Patrick would have there been was like, a, hey. There would have been Patrick and there was actually a club waiting for me on the other side. Okay. So when I crossed the border, there were people there So you've there been staying in me. contact with them. Did they help you at all with the border crossing? No, they weren't just... really able to help yeah. um, to physically get through it. Uh, but once I got through, they were huge help. Really? They were awesome. Yeah. Now that two and weeks, I told that, and actually I told that guy that was interrogating me that I said I have friends waiting yeah, for me. If you don't let me in, this biker club They're is coming, coming in hot, dude. <laughs> They're coming for you. Yeah. So like maybe like maybe that helped. Now that did you know those guys ahead of time, or was that a contact you made by waiting? It was all over and putting out the media. words. Yeah, it was all over social media. They yeah. reached out like, hey, it looks like you're coming into Russia. We'd love to put put you up for a few nights and show you around our town. Nice. And um, so I was like, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. I don't know anybody. So, yeah. More help, better. Yeah. <laughs> at that point. Uh, <laughs> you know? Where's the machine at? Yeah, where's the machine you're supposed <laughs> to be fixing? Where's this dairy separator you're supposed to be working on? Oh, man. So, that's cool. So, then you got, like, a welcoming. I remember seeing that welcoming. Yeah. I'm just like, fuck, you Dude, made awesome. it. He fuck. I can only imagine, like, how stoked you were. <laughs> the video did a pretty good job that they got of you coming up. Yeah. Like, you could still see there's, like... A panic, or not a panic, but like the anxiety yeah. has not gone away completely. The, the, the blood there is, is just some starting relief. to rush back into yeah. my face. <laughs> like, oh my god, I can't believe. Because there was that, there was that moment as I'm like, 
you know, as, as you start your motorcycle and you start you physically still don't even pull, believe. pull it away and you just, yeah, you're just having this moment of like, I can't believe that, I can't believe I just did that. Yeah. And there's like all sudden Russian flags and you're like, holy fuck. Yeah. And you're like, man, I hope this fucking goes well because most of the, like 90% of the world hates this country right now. And I'm like, I'm going to ride my motorcycle across it. <laughs> was there part of you that was like just couldn't wait to like share that yeah i made it in motherfuckers oh there absolutely was yeah yeah because you know that was a massive hurdle on that trip that was the biggest hurdle yeah. on that whole trip that wasn't even there when you started wasn't even that's, there that's started. my favorite part is that Fuck. the biggest hurdle <laughs> was not like it yeah. wasn't on anybody's radar no. before you left. No, it was supposed to be just easy peasy, just right to the border, show my visa, and go. No. No, no, that did not happen. Wow. So one of the countries where I had trouble getting in uh, <clears throat> was Honduras. Okay. And uh, they ended up losing my drive. So when you go into these countries, as I'm sure you know, you got a passport to get in yourself. Yeah. And then you had to have a driver's license connected to the title on your bike to get right. your bike in with you. Right. <clears throat> Well, they lose my driver's license Ugh. while they're doing the paperwork. Yeah. And at the time, I had, there was a fucking huge line, so I was paying a guy to go do the paperwork for my bike while I was waiting in line to do the passport. Yeah. So I just assume these fuckers are, you know, hey, we lost it. Right. And I'm like, you know, how much money to find it? And they're like, yeah. no, the lady behind the counter literally lost it. Like, we got all your paperwork done because she had it. <laughs> But when she gave us all the stuff, we didn't get your license. Back. Oh no! And I'm like, oh my god, you know, and you know, I'm in fucking Honduras, right at the yeah. border. So I call up my buddy in Costa Rica, and he's like, yeah, yeah, welcome to Central America. You know, it's like we're <laughs> right. living in a nightmare. Yeah, it's like a full-on anxiety you're attack like, well, you're all like, the time. Yeah, he was not shocked at all. You're okay? like, but it's got to be here somewhere. Yeah, he was like, okay, here's what you need to do: go to the police station and uh, get a report. So yeah. you have a piece of paper saying you showed up with it, they lost it, and yeah. you know, you go and I don't deal. have it. So, okay, that's a good idea. So I go, <clears throat> there's a police station on the premise, like right there at the border. I go in there, and I, I use a guy to help translate. I'm like, hey, I need a police report. He's like, oh, there, the, uh, the AC, or the electricity's out. And I can see these little things blowing in the AC vent. You know, I'm like, okay, this guy doesn't want to fucking help. Yeah. So I'm like, is there another police station? Find another one on the map. It's like 15 miles away. <clears throat> cool. I'm going to go there and get this fucking yeah. report, right? But I leave there, and like with, now I don't have everything I need to continue. Right, so there's right. like this, like, and I'm just like, these guys just fucked me, and now I'm riding. Now, and I also got stuck there for so long. The original plan was to go all the way to get to the next border, you know? Okay. Like get through this country, because I'd heard some things. Yeah. Okay. I leave there five miles outside of this town. I come around the corner, and there's a bunch of people with like black robes on and Halloween masks, mm -hmm. hitting a truck with sticks. Oh it's no! Going through the road, and I'm like, no way! Like, like this, <laughs> like I can't even. It's not even. It's like something that was happening externally, and my mind wasn't willing to accept. It, you know, sure, like sure. Because yeah. he just said, it's like living in a nightmare down here. I'm like, I am in a nightmare. Like, this cannot <laughs> yeah. fucking possibly be real life right. reality. Yeah. So the truck goes through, and I just remember all of them, like, turning these costume masks and looking, looking at, at you at the same time. And I'm like, no way. 
Like I'm not like there's this is not happening. Yeah. So I slow down at first and I'm like, fuck it. You know, uh-huh. I'm not gonna stop and talk to these people. You know, yeah. I couldn't even talk to the fucking cops. Right. Like, I'm not gonna try and talk to these people. So I just gun it. One of them trips and falls trying to get out of the way. And uh, and I, I mean, I'll never forget getting right to the center of this pack. And I look over, and there's a dude with a Barack Obama mask on on my left. And a dude on my right with a Donald Trump mask no on way. my right. And I'm like, no, like, this is a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. This is a fucking nightmare. <laughs> but they were just as shocked to see me as I was to see them. Sure. They didn't swing. There was no, yeah. it was yeah. just like... But just riding through that and seeing all these Halloween masks. It was like they robbed a fucking Halloween truck. Right, right. And, you know, of course there was some Donald Trump and Barack Obama mask in the Halloween truck. Of course. But to see them look, oh, it's just like, I didn't feel like I was in real life anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird when that stuff happens. It's so crazy. It's so well, and I think different that along with like having those chemicals and endorphins going from being in such a high stress, anxiety ridden spot, you're like at this elevated state of, you know, it almost feels like you're dreaming because you just got so much right, going everything's on. Just, everything's just kind of buzzing and humming Super in your charged. head, you know, and yeah, it just it, it almost exaggerates. You see those Russian flags after hanging outside the country for two weeks? I imagine that was like well, because the last no time we saw way. one was on the news and yeah, you know, images of bombings and stuff like that, and you're like, oh lord. I mean, it is a, you know, and, and, but you're really not even that far away from the conflict in Tbilisi, right? No. Well, I mean, at, at one point. 500 miles? Yeah, I mean, at one point, it was only a couple hundred miles or, or less from the Ukrainian border. I mean, because you kind of go, when you come out of Georgia, the way Russia is shaped, you kind of have to go, go through this little sort of corridor between Ukraine and Kazakhstan. And so... Going up through that corridor is where I started seeing uh, like a lot of like, military roadblocks. I was having to then have to get through. So every time I hit a military roadblock. Now, were you using the same piece of paper? Uh, at that point, I was just using my passport. Really? Because I was already in. I'd have fucking stuck that in my pocket so, and not showed it to anybody. Well, it's hard to argue with a fucking military guy yeah, no, swinging right, a billy club right. with a big assault rifle. <laughs> You know, can't, can't. I know, I would know. have just been even more scared to show them an American passport well, at that yeah, point. What are you going to do? It's either that or take off running, right? Which well, one's even show worse? Show them that piece of paper. It's like showing the passport, big smile on her face. Yeah. You know? It goes a long way, doesn't <laughs> it? Those smiles go a long way. Fucking over the best. Wow. So, yeah, I got through a few of those. Those are pretty nerve wracking. But then once I got north of all that, then it was, there was none of that. Well, I mean, was there any. Uh, I mean, surely there were some situations during that where you're like, you know, read over reading some things or some people around you like. Well, so I did I did kind of start to put the pieces together a little bit uh, of who maybe I should avoid. Um, I, it didn't take long to figure out because then like on, the, on all the Russian military vehicles, they paint a big Z on them. And so then, then I started seeing them like on a random car. Someone's driving down the road with a Z on the back or a business that would have a Z painted next to the door. Okay. Stuff like that. And so then I was like, well, okay, so those are probably people who support the war. And being an American, if they support the war, they are probably less likely to support Americans. So I'm thinking like, maybe I should just avoid. The Z. Avoid the Z. Yeah. yeah, which became my policy. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't it know. seems like a good move. That it seemed point. to work. And maybe I'm totally wrong about all that. Maybe that's just in my head, but it you put the you know, put the pieces together and it 
kind of seemed to make sense. Yeah, did you get verify that with the people that were with you? I mean, did you um, have S like those guys? I, that I was you? able to verify that. Yeah, the people who ran that Z were in support of the war. Yeah, um, didn't necessarily mean that they're anti-American. Yeah, well, and you know, but I think uh, I figured it just kind of increased the chances. People are aware that you can be of the uh, what is it? A citizen of a country and not believe. Well, exactly, out of exactly, that. yeah. And I, and well, I, I think years ago it probably wasn't. And, and I think that's why a, I was a, able to get through so easily with the people, is because I was just so blatantly just a tourist. Yeah. Like I'm there for no other reason. You mean it's shocking? Then just to see the landscape. Yeah. I'm there for the challenge of crossing this enormous country. I'm there to meet the people, mm-hmm. and that's where it ends. Did um. Like the people that met you, did they ride with you most of the ways, or was there a lot of stretches by yourself? Or oh, it was pretty much all by myself. Really? Uh, with, with the exception of the very end where I hooked up with Anton and rode with him down the, like the Road of Bones section. We rode together. Um, and then well, even along there, linked up with another guy from Moscow, ended up riding with him for a day. Um, so that, that part was a little more with people. But usually what it was was that... Uh, I'd stay at someone's place one night, and then I'd get up the next morning and get going, and they would tell me where to go. Like, okay, your next stop is this town, this person's house, here's their info. And then at some point during the day, I'd get a message from that person saying, hey, this person said you're coming, we're waiting for you, we're expecting you. Wow. And it turned out that I didn't actually, I didn't learn until later on, or quite a ways down the road, that um, all these people, so the, Russia has a bike post system set up. That's really, really cool. Uh, a bike post system set up, like they on call the internet? They call them a bike post. Um, it's like a hostels. physical place. It's a hostel for traveling bikers. Oh, yeah, just like Argentina has yeah, the same it's shit. Amazing, yeah. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. Coolest shit ever. And so... The biggest priority is a place to sleep and a place to work on the bikes. Yeah. And then some of them will have restaurants and bars. Correct. Or, or just a garage with a place to lay down and, and sleep. This was the same way. That's They're so all a little different. Yeah. You know, you never really knew what you're getting into, but you show and up. And they all had Moto in the name to some degree. Yeah. It was like when you see the name, you're like, oh, you knew. You knew. You know. Yeah. And so. That's awesome. So, so when you were going to those places. I was one, one, one to another. Boom, yeah. boom, 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 boom. And then so like some nights it would be a club would reach out and they'd put me up in their clubhouse, stuff like that. Yeah. And, um, and so, uh, yeah, what I realized or found out finally a little ways down the road after I was like three quarters of the way across um, was that all these people who ran all these bike posts had a, a WhatsApp thread going, keeping track of like my every movement to make sure I was getting across safe. Yeah. Really cool. That is awesome. Really cool. Because I think they knew like, like man, I'm this sure guy's, they're all connected. They're like, like, man, this guy's traveling by himself. Well, he doesn't know the language. I want to know how much... Uh, you know, invasive the situation was on your conversation with those people. Like, I know, I know, as you're like riding motorcycles, you tend to talk about like all the great things about riding motorcycles, but yeah, they're in a situation right now where it's like, well, you can the, tell. you're crazy for being here, which spurs their, their energy thinking about the situation, right? right? And then you get whether, you know, were they for, are they against? Uh, There's a lot of that, and you could definitely sense that a lot of them were what you just said, you know, their the reaction is like, we can't believe you came here now. 
Like, yeah. this is the craziest thing any of us have it's, ever seen. It's crazy. Yeah. They're like, and then you do it now. It's yeah. like, what the like, fuck? Dude, dude. You, were, you were totally nuts. Like, yeah. you're, you're an American coming into Russia. Which they've got a, I mean, Russians a fucking, are nuts, too. So they're like, they love it. I imagine that yeah. they're just like so stoked and also like yeah. intimidated to some degree. Like, yeah, I think this, Do we even want to talk to this guy? Is think, he going to beat us up? You right. know? Yeah. Is he, <laughs> Until they see me. <laughs> <laughs> and like, oh no. Yeah. The last guy's like, no, he's cool. He'll be fine. <laughs> he's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but yeah, you know, then I show up on this bike and then, then there's even more like, oh my God, like yeah. that's what you're riding? Yeah. Like, what is happening? Yeah, only a guy that would ride this bike would do this at this time. Right. Yeah, exactly. They didn't have BMWs just going through there. But then, you know, occasionally you could tell that some of them wanted to talk about the war. Um, but it was two things. One, they're not really allowed to speak out against it. I know. So the ones that were against it would only talk about it while looking over their shoulder to make sure no one's listening. Yeah. And... And then on top of that, you also had a bit, a bit of a language barrier, so they weren't really able to speak freely. Yeah, and they didn't want to get mis, you know, right, right. I, I ran into that with a couple of people who had like things they wanted to talk about, but wouldn't even try because they didn't want anything to get lost in translation, and right. they just, you know, were afraid that uh, they're more worried about miscommunication. Yeah. Than anything else. Sure. Instead of like just trying to do it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when I put a microphone on them. They're well, like, yeah. I, can't, I don't know if I, you know, well, I don't want this to sound wrong. And the, and the, yeah, and then it's recorded. So if they say the wrong thing and their government comes after them, now they have proof. Yeah, well, right? in Argentina, it's not quite like that. But, I mean, but the same idea. They just, yeah. more or less for their own personal uh, image or, you know, likeness. They just right, right. didn't want, uh, really, they, all, they were more concerned with Americans thinking they were goofy because they couldn't speak English. Like, they would apologize oh, okay. for not knowing English. For not knowing like, English. No, dude. Like, I'm in your country. No, dude. Like, I apologize <laughs> for not knowing your language better. You know, right. like, don't feel like... It made me even feel worse. Yeah. And it made me learn the language really well. Yeah. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm still an asshole American at heart. Like, yeah. I am a stereotypical American. Yeah, sure. well, that's the case in pretty much all countries. But, I mean, I bet that was interesting, you know, because I know that that's... You know, it gets people's feelers up or like, you know, emotions, you know, where yeah. they're like stoked, you know, but it's also a situation that they probably can't ignore. I don't know. Like how, how removed are no. these people from that? They're or, not. They're not. They're they? not. And they, they're fully, fully aware of what's happening. They're fully aware that they're being fed bullshit propaganda yep. that's predominantly anti-American and, you know, we have to fight this war. We have to take our land back, all this stuff. And, uh, like, they know that they're just being fed bullshit. But for them to get accurate information is very difficult. It's fucking very difficult for us. So you say it's difficult everywhere. Right, right. So what I've noticed on my travels, and you may have noticed this too, getting there, is we all seem to be experiencing the same kind of bullshit. Mm -hmm. Everybody's being fed a bunch of bullshit. It's hard to get to the truth. Uh, yeah. The governments are strength, like you know, cramping down on the freedoms everywhere, depending on what level of freedoms each country has. Sure. They all still feel like they're losing more of it. Right. And the price of everything's going up. It's getting harder to live. Yeah. And yeah. they also think that the other countries are doing better than them. Right. Like they're a special, like they're in a, their situation is 
unique to them. Right. Where from my experience, it's it's, it's a well, we people people forget that we live in a global climate, a global. That we're all connected. Way the world is smaller than what right? most people think. And so, like, I'm not to go down some fucking rabbit hole. Do it. Here, come but, on. This is what we got. But like. I think that's why I get so annoyed sometimes when I hear people be like, oh, this country's going to shit, and it's this guy's fault that things are expensive, and it's this guy's fault. They always want to blame the politicians, you know? And uh, and I'm like, yeah, like, maybe there's like a shred of truth in that. But at the same time, I'm like, but you realize that shit's happening at the same time everywhere in the world. Like People don't, though. It's not just happening in the United States. Like, we're not the only ones... Paying higher well, fuel it's crazy. prices, in our and it's not our president's fault that fuel prices are high. Like, like literally, fuel prices are up everywhere in the world. Everywhere. So how is it this guy's one fault? Like I don't know. Like, and that's one, yeah. one small well, and, example. But we right? also feel like we're in a unique situation that <laughs> you know that it's only happening to us. Right. Like, you know, what I loved it was when I would talk to somebody who was like, you know, convinced that. America didn't have corrupt policies or politicians. Right. Well, and they'd be like, on. really? <laughs> you paid to get a vaccine card? Yeah. I didn't think that you could do something right, like that in right. America. <laughs> no way. Like, yeah, I just got on the internet. And, and they're like, and and they're like kind of, and this is another thing to get to me, is they would be kind of like disappointed. They're like, fuck, if you guys <laughs> then we, don't, we don't stand a chance. Yeah. Like, <laughs> then who... Who do we have to look up to? Who has this figured right. out? And I'm like, nobody, nobody, dude. Nobody has this figured yeah, out. I mean, we all got different things figured out, but we're also all facing, uh, you know, well, we a all power battles, and it, it, you're gonna find corruption at any upper level politics. Like it's the nature of it, I think, almost. And and but but you know, but at the end of the day, like, I I still think. It's like, yeah, as, as backwards as I feel like this country is going sometimes, and also in the right direction, I feel like it's going sometimes as well. It's not all good or bad, right? Um, I still think it's the best place in the world to live. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Well, I, you know, one you thing know? I do believe, and I try and tell this to my friends that are, like, really wrapped up in, <clears throat> you know, some things that are going on. Yeah. I'm like, here's the deal. We don't know everything. Right. right? I truly believe... That whatever is best for the people that do have control, because it's obvious that there are people that have enough money, influence, and power yeah. to to manipulate some things. Sure. But what's best for them is best for everybody. What's best for everybody is best for them. Like they are a part of us, yeah. right? And it may not seem like what is happening right now is the best for us. Yeah. But I think that there's just <clears throat> things we don't know about, and you know, things that we can't see. We're not even. We don't have the intelligence or time to have it properly explained to us. Yeah, to even so the best thing it. I can do is just believe, have, have faith that yeah. this may, even though it seems fucked up, that there's a reason behind it. Yeah. And uh, I can either be disappointed and upset that things are going a certain way, or I can try and find the silver lining. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but well, also you got you still got to put your foot down to some things and like you know, there well, are and, some and, basic. And, and the other reality of it too is that. Like most, I feel like I feel like most of what people complain about doesn't even affect them. Oh, I mean, sure, you know, financial things do, cost of living, cost of fuel, cost of foods, that stuff. Sure, and even if it but, does, yes, it's that, affecting things that don't really matter that much. Well, in the grand scheme at the of end things. of the day, yes, yeah. but like that's one of the few things that does have a direct impact on people. To what degree? 
of course, is going to d- depend on your level of, you know, your, your financial level, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the poor people are going to be more affected, more affected by it than the rich people. But, like, a lot of these uh, social arguments and human rights arguments that are, are huge topics these days, you see people, f- like, fighting, like, tooth and nail over this stuff. And I'm thinking, like, does this... Will this even like remotely affect you? Like, like is this lifestyle that you're fighting so hard against? Like, are you even around this? Like, is this even a part of your world? Like, if you like, if you made that made that go away, is that changing your life in any way, shape, or form? Like, what are you fighting for? Like, yeah. I don't get it. I mean, I think if you have kids, that's what you're fighting for. Well, maybe, and, not, that's, and, and that's, I don't have kids because, and so that's, that's what I do feel change like. Change my perspective. There are course. some people that are like. You know, I, I think that your ultimate vote is having a kid and producing, you know, offspring yeah. that's going to, you know, and not that your vote doesn't matter if you don't have kids, but right. I feel like it does change your perspective on the future of things. You know, yeah. like if you're not going to invest in the next generation to some degree, then right. you, you're, you know, you just have a different perspective on it. Sure. And things do become more, uh, what are they called? They, they become more apparent or more. They have more of a feeling or an effect, you know, when right. it's like, shit, if that's the way things are going, you know, not that I'm completely against it, but yeah, I, I definitely see a different path that I see my, my offspring enjoying and, you know, producing more offspring right. in the future with. Right, right. You know, because yeah. I, mean, I definitely, I mean, I feel like that is your ultimate vote. I mean, I also think that like. You know, voting really doesn't happen at the ballot box. Voting happens with where you spend your money. Yeah. Ultimately, where you're giving your money every day, you're putting that money in the pockets of people who are affecting the politics. Right. You know, like your your ballot is only like a a thing that makes you feel good because really, (laughs) if you're spending your money over here with this guy every day, you're supporting whatever that guy believes in. And that guy's. And a lot of people don't believe in. Things that they support, right? You know, like, or at least they say they don't believe them. But when you're spending your money and you're doing things to help out that cause, yeah. even though you say you don't believe in it, it's like actions speak louder than words. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, it's interesting, right? Yeah, very. I don't know. That's what makes the world interesting, though. Everybody, everyone having their own beliefs. Well, it's cool and hearing ways of thinking, and it's cool hearing like your experience over there is kind of like. You know, Lichter was very intrigued with my trip down south. And, you know, me and him are very different when it comes to politics. Sure. Uh, But I love him because we can converse about it, you know. Right. He doesn't freak out and get all excited. And I do freak out and get all excited, you know. Like, (laughs) and the guy just want to talk more about it. I'm like, because I am totally uh, willing. Like, nothing I believe in, I think, is, like, in concrete. You know, like, there are some things, but I'm also open to hearing... The different side, like yeah, you, I, have you to know, be. like you have to be, because the second you close your mind off to other ideas, then you you've just become this like closed-minded extremist. Yeah, at that point. Well, he thought that <laughs> my trip was gonna like change, you know, some of my opinions to be more sure. like his. I think. Sure. And it really just kind of solidified a lot of my beliefs. Okay. Like seeing it at different levels and different stages amongst people who were, you know, going through. Uh, a different set of life circumstances that all are way more similar right. than it seems, you know, yeah. like the cultural separation and division 
which I, is another thing I think is very interesting. Then the culture gets lumped into other things that make it very difficult to communicate about, and it turns into like racial comments. But mm-hmm. culturally, going from the top to the bottom of these two continents, I saw how similar everybody was, you know? Oh, for sure. Which is something I believed in, and I saw it in the experience yeah. in my, you know, like the politics of it were even more solidified, like seeing it, like, like in Ecuador, I go through Ecuador and they're like, you know, they're protesting, you know, mm-hmm. and they're like, they have a good reason to, to protest, you know, yeah. if that's the way that you're going to communicate, right. you know, the indigenous people, you know, these oil companies come in and they, they put up drilling sites on the indigenous land and they pull the oil and then they refine it and turn it into gas and sell it back to them at a price they can't even afford it. And right, they're like, right. that came from beneath us. You know? Yeah. But if you're going to respond to these people putting up roadblocks and communicating that way, well, they're going to continue to communicate sure. that way. You know, like, yeah, if you go, results. it produces results, <laughs> you know, like where I'm like, as much as I hate it, they, you know, maybe they should have just been ran over. You know, like, unless, but unless you, that's how you want them to communicate. I mean, really, like, if that's how you want to communicate with your people, then, you know, if you go through South America, plan on hitting roadblocks, even Central America, Panama, and not that that's wrong or indifferent, but. Protest, rioting, it's been around forever. I mean, it's been, always been kind of the go-to way of expressing your, your, your anger for something. It's definitely one way to do it. Yeah. And the more results they get. it's, It's proven to be somewhat productive. Yeah. Yeah, well, unfortunately, also, you and, know. yeah, and not that that's a good thing, but it is effective. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, but I, I don't know that that's a good thing either. Yeah, I'm not saying, but it's also necessary that. too, to some degree. It has been necessary. Yeah, and you see protests and stuff like that all over the world. Yeah, in every country. Did you run into any of that? No, uh, no, no. I didn't ride. No, I didn't. I didn't run into any of it. But I mean, we know what happens. Yeah, just think that uh, with our you know, with the advancements in communication, you'd think that there would another be way to go a cleaner way of going about it. Yeah, not, there is. Yeah, right. There really is. Well, sometimes people don't and get it's like hurt forming until they bonds get and, out. You know, I think one of the more difficult things we're facing as uh, as the human race these days is like getting people on the same page because there's so many options, right? Yeah. You know, like it's like when you talk about music now. There's never going to be anybody as big as the Rolling Stones were, right? Right, right. Because there was only like <laughs> a couple of outlets to hear music, and yeah. there wasn't a ton of it out there. And you hear the Rolling Stones, it's pretty fucking good, right? Yeah. Like everybody who heard them at a certain age group or a big, you know, it's just not going to happen anymore because there's so many options. So now it's like trying to get people uh, organized together under the same belief system when there's like a bunch of different. You know, believe you know, like it's right. hard to like connect the groups, even though everybody still so badly wants to be in a group. Uh, just interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People like that sense of community. Yeah, everyone does. It's normal. Absolutely, it's, there's nothing it's wrong totally with normal. it. You know, no, that's how we've gotten to this point. Is like, yeah, having groups and like, sure, being a part of yeah, something. That's why the know? two of us are sitting here talking. That's fucking right. <laughs> you know, yeah, because we're both part of the same community. It's fucking. Me and you are part jumpers. of like giant communities. What's that? I said me and you are part of giant communities. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That I don't know. I, I just, I've always just kind of had this mentality of like, like why do people 
worry so much about how other people live and do things. I'm like, just worry about yourself. I mean, your, your argument, you know, about you know raising kids, I, I, I completely agree with that and get that. But I guess, yeah, I just see people fighting so hard over things about how other people live their lives and do things. And I just think like, why are you putting so much energy into that? Like, like imagine if you, if you channel that energy into yourself to make yourself a better person. Like that just seems like a better use of that time and more productive use. Yeah, I think the whole, everybody needs some of that. It's like, <laughs> you know? like Peterson says, <laughs> you can't go out and make the world right if your room is not clean. Right, exactly. You can't I'm like, clean your room and make your bed in the morning. And have and and like maintain your personal space. Right. You can't go out into public. Yeah. And complain because somebody else isn't, you know. Yeah. Don't complain about somebody else's backyard being messy if your own backyard's messy. Exactly. Like you sound like a hypocrite. Yeah. If we'd all start by just fucking making our bed. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just the more I've seen, the older I've gotten, the less I, I. Maybe there's just less I care. I'm like, whatever the fuck do I care that how that person lives. Yeah. I don't have to be friends with them if I don't want to be. No, you don't. I don't have to associate with that person if I don't want to. But there is, a, there is, I do believe do there's, a, we can't, we can't talk about this. And it sounds like <laughs> we have totally different opinions on it. Because <laughs> well, I do believe that there is a toxic mindset. Like a couple of weeks ago when, uh, you know, shooting happened in Red River, New Mexico at the motorcycle rally. Yeah, outside, yeah. Right? Well, that same weekend, a couple more shootings happened around the country, right? Right. And my dad, you know, he's like, well, I don't know what's wrong with, you know, like, why is this happening? Right. And I'm like, well, I don't know exactly why it's happening, but I'm pretty, pretty certain it has a lot to do with a mental health issue right now that's happening in oh, the absolutely. whole world, right? And I fully agree It's with hard that. to see. Yeah. It's happening in so many different levels. But the easiest way I can see it is when people don't know whether they're a girl or a guy and... That's, I do believe that there is a fucking mental situation going on there. And with people wanting to be a part of a group, it's yeah. so easy for, I mean, when you're growing up as a kid and you're trying to find yourself and like be a part of something. Right. And you got this fucking crazy group that's just accepting and would love to accept you as long as you do, you know, like it's growing. Yeah. Unnecessarily. Yeah. Sure. Right. And I don't think that that's like the best thing. I'm not, I don't think it's like terrible. But it's not great, you know, like to produce people and move on. You know, there, there is that path you could go down. Well, you know, we don't we shouldn't be in control of we shouldn't just be letting people have babies. You yeah, know, like right. there is a population <laughs> control argument that I am willing to hear out as well. You know, like, yeah, but I do believe that that is not great. But that's the easiest way to see the mental health situation that is happening. in other. like that's not the only well, you know, yeah, because I mean, the majority of these mass shootings that it's totally you, you kind of started out with there and then kind of changed topics. It's like most of those shootings have nothing to do with the trans movement. No, no and I'm not saying they say do. It. I'm just saying that that's an easy way to see yeah. the mental instability that is, is rampant in all other facets. Right. You know, like, yes, there's kids getting drugs or, you know, not, you know, their attention is not being... Uh, you know, they're not getting the attention they need from their parents or the fucking school systems or whatever it may be. Well, and they also have a, an enormous amount of outside influence through the internet and social media and all this stuff. 
that is a relatively new phenomena. And then, and then also that people just don't. And so face now we're, I think, starting to see the effects of that on mental health and whether you want to lump, you know, the, the trans movement into that. I mean, you can you can say mental health, and it, it really applies to everything, right? I mean, it could yeah. be it could be the racist fifteen year old kid who walks into a grocery store, starts shooting black people, and that like, is for no reason. It's like like what That's logical reason does this fifteen year old kid? have to be racist. And I'm not trying to it's say, like, that's what I'm trying to say is like, there's no reason for that. That's just easy to see, but I think it's happening on a lot of other spectrums, right? Like, just like you said, like that's right. the same kind of, not the same kind of mental health, but it's just a there's general, a lot of this yeah. shit going on around the country. Yeah. And it uh, also makes, you know, people but who, it has who, a lot to do with like people not facing real challenges anymore. You're like, well, over yes. the, the, you know, hundreds of years of us evolving and like trying to stay alive and facing real challenges just to like, provide and eat and sustain right and now that's yeah their number one goal is to put food on the table now you just don't have that and we still have that driving force within yeah, us. yeah they don't needs. have the time to start going so on these rabbit holes like, on the internet and start getting wound up about things and they look for it we just look for things they have the time to look for it mm-hmm. exactly which is a problem yeah like, and the more technology you spend advances, more time riding motorcycles the more time that they have to do this you know <laughs> exactly it's like, it's a weird spot we're in right now. Really? I think people are going to misunderstand my statement big time. Like, that motherfucker. Well. But, you know what? Well, whatever. It, it is They okay. don't have to agree. People don't have to agree with everybody on every topic. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. But there is a, a situation. And it's yeah. Co- but it's cool to see also, like, as you're traveling, people that have found this. Right. right. And appreciate it so much. Yeah. And explore it as much as they can. Like... Uh, the culture that I experienced in Argentina, they fucking love riding motorcycles. Oh, yeah? And until Texas to Argentina, most of those countries, motorcycling was just like a... Motor transportation. Motor transportation, a necessity, you know, like this is just all I can afford to get the lawnmower from here to over there. That's why I'm carrying right. a ladder and a weed eater and lawnmower right. you know, like on my exactly. motorcycle. I would love to have a truck. And I'm going to drop know? all my six kids at school along the way, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but there wasn't like a... In Colombia, there was more of a like a like motorcycle culture. Um, in Ecuador, a little bit. But, you know, most of those places. In Peru, it's like, you know... Well, the poorer the country, the less you're going to see it. Yeah. Because yeah. it's a luxury item at the end of the day. Well, and Argentina's a... And less reason for transportation, of course, but... You're not going to, but those people aren't just going on a motorcycle tour. They're using it, like you said, they're driving, driving the yeah, lawnmower yeah, yeah. behind their scooter. In Argentina, though, that was when it started changing. It was like yeah. there was a huge culture. There was the motorcycle, like, hostels. Every town had, like, the public park was a campground. Oh, cool. You know, like, yeah. which I thought was, like, awesome. so fucking yeah. cool. Like, why yeah. would we have... Well, it was because we would just people would just live in them and tear them up. We're like a lot down of the there. Small towns. I've had good luck with most small towns. Uh, not caring if I put up my tent in their city park. Yeah, uh, you gotta be careful though, because sometimes the sprinklers will come on in the middle of the night. Yeah, <laughs> and they're scrambling like, oh shit. Yeah, I've never really had any problems with one night stays places. You know, right? Like, roll in. They see a tent two nights in a row. They're probably gonna be like, hey, bud. They might say something. Yeah. 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 Like I'll like I'll probably do that. Even headed to Minnesota, just stay in the city park somewhere. Yeah. It's, it's easy because uh-huh. you can just set it up and walk walk to a little. What did you use to find camping spots on your trip? People, Google Maps. Yeah, no, you know? no high overlander or anything no. like that. I know. I, I was. 
it, it never sounds like romantic when you say Google Maps, right? I think there's like this like romantic idea that you just like pull off the side of the road and curl up underneath the tree and like make yourself a cup of coffee and fall asleep. I'm like, I almost never had that experience. Like on occasion, it'll be pull over on the side of the road, duck into the woods and spend a night. Mm-hmm. But like more often than not, I like campgrounds. I'm like, for 10 bucks, I can like find somewhere to put up my tent, but I don't have to worry about it. I'm around, surrounded by other travelers, so I get to meet people, talk to people. Mm-hmm. I get a bathroom, a shower, and I'm probably in town, so I can walk around town, check out the sites, grab some dinner, and it's all very easy. But I'm like, but if I set up my tent in the middle of the woods, in the middle of nowhere, yeah. and I'm like, so that's interesting what if I get hungry? And like, now it's a, now it's a problem. <laughs> like now I'm just gonna be hungry till the morning yeah. if I don't have food if you with didn't me. Prepare for that. If I didn't plan for it. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, I don't know. I just, yeah, like usually around you know two in the afternoon or so, I'll start kind of trying to figure out like where where do, what town do I want to end up in? Yeah. Where do I want to go? And then find camp spots that are in town, because more so in Europe, you can find camping inside the cities. Yeah. And so you can set up your stuff and just go walk around. Almost no place on this continent is like that. Not in the U.S. Except for Argentina. They're usually the campsites are out in the sticks, which has its own appeal, sure, but... And they don't have facilities, normally. I mean, they have facilities, but they don't have, like, a restaurant and bar. Right. Where a lot of the campgrounds in Europe have a a restaurant and bar attached to So that sounds like Argentina. Like, the campgrounds have a restaurant and a bar at the campground. To me, it's... To me, it's well worth the ten bucks. I don't know why. Or we whatever. Don't, why don't we make them here? I know. Well, I mean, I really, I see that as like one of my retirement ideas is, is having a campground, and hosting other people so I could still hear about the traveling, right? And provide a That's service great. that I learned a lot from. You know, going to many of them. Yeah. I kind of know the little things right. that would make it really awesome. Yeah. Because I like that social aspect. I mean, not all the time, but like you know, I love it. If I spend. 10 hours a day on the road traveling by myself. I don't mind a little casual conversation in the evening with somebody. Yeah. I mean, I, lo- I love like pulling into a campground and you look around, you see what other people are driving, like other other motorcycles, or you look at other people's campers or whatever, and everyone's kind of looking at each other like, oh, where'd you come from? Where yeah. are you going? And you start talking Everybody's to Everybody's kind of getting their shit ready so that they can go do that too yeah. as well. It's like, all right, get right. our gear set up. Get my stuff set up so I can go kind of mingle with my neighbor over here. Now, did you do any from. hostels or anything? Not really. Um, on occasion, I would do a hostel. Um, but I, I really prefer sleeping next to my bike. Mm-hmm. Um, like, or the occasional hotel that I would get. Because, you know, I would get the occasional hotel. But I'd, I'd make damn sure that hotel had, like, really secure parking. Yeah. Because, you know, you're rolling into these towns. You don't really know them. Yeah. Like, is a crime right through the roof? Is yeah. it okay to leave my bike outside? Yeah, I've, I've done it where I, I, I end up not even getting to enjoy my hotel room because I'm, you're like... You're paranoid all night. I've gotten hotel rooms and slept next to my motorcycle. Yeah, <laughs> okay, lot. okay. It just, it's really like a shitter in a shower yeah, that right, I got. right. And I'm sleeping in the parking lot. Yeah. So that's why I don't tend to get a lot of hotels. Or if I do... They're pretty heavily vetted, and I'll even call ahead and be like, "Is there somewhere I can park this thing?" Like, oh yeah, indoors? I, is I don't a, make hotel reservations. I find the hotels and then go look at them. Go look at it first, yeah. yeah. But the hostels that I found, like uh, in Colombia, Colombia is a place you should check out before okay. it's not check outable soon. Okay, because it is. There's signs that it may not be as easy soon. 
But the hostels were fucking, and they'd be kind of like off the beaten path, like a campground. Okay. You know, and and they also normally had the option of you can. There's a cheaper price if you just want to sleep outside. Okay. Yeah. Which was awesome because then you got the the people there. Right. You got the facilities. You got a kitchen. You sure. know, it's like. And they're really great if you want to stay in a spot for a couple of days because right. it's cheap. Yeah. You can go grab some food. They got a refrigerator. You can like, yep. you end up making meals with the people there. And there's other people that are doing the same thing that you learn from. Yeah. You know, like, hey, they're like, oh, you're going this way. I just came. You got to go see the waterfall in St. Augustine. Right, right. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I and that's the nice part about staying at those places in the evenings, whether it be hostels or campgrounds, is that, yeah, you pick up those little ideas from other people. Yeah, and you get to, at the campgrounds, you show up next to like, the dude who's got the Overland rig. Yeah. He's got a bag of chips. Right. You know, he's got some stuff he's wanting to share with you. You know, right. he's like, he's like I know you haven't got it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. It was, yeah, it was funny. Like, I remember one night staying at this little campground in, fuck, dude, France, maybe, I think. It was still kind of early in the year, too, though. It was like, it wasn't really all that warm. It's like the days were warm, but it was getting pretty cold at night. And it was like this, like, the campsite was like this like perfect manicured green lawn. Like everything's beautiful and perfect, pristine, you know? And I'm like, I don't even want to put it in my tent. I was just being a little lazy. I'm just, like, just going to sleep in the grass in my sleeping bag. Well, I didn't realize how cold it was going to get. So I'm kind of laying there. It's starting to get dark, you know? And, and uh, my phone dings, whatever. So I just grab it. Because I'm not asleep yet. I look at it and I'm like, huh, message from this guy. Turns out this guy had seen my post for the campground that I was at, and he lived like three blocks away. He's like, dude, I want to come over. So he comes over and says hello. We hang out for a little bit, and then he, he, you know, he takes off for the night. And uh, I, so then I crawl into my sleeping bag and frill, go to sleep. And when I wake up, I wake up to the sound of crunching footsteps across the grass. I kind of like look out, you know, <laughs> sleep back. I'm like, it's fucking cold. And it's this dude from the night before yeah. had brought me coffee and pastries oh, from the local sweet. pastry shop. Yeah. So, so I wake up to like a hot cup of coffee and pastries, and I look up my sleeping bag. It's covered in a layer of ice. Like it had gotten pretty damn cold, you know. I'm like, man, this is awesome. I'm sitting in my sleeping bag. And he's got to go to work, so he doesn't hang out too long. And uh, finish that cup of coffee, and I finally kind of wriggle out of my sleeping bag and throw some clothes on, and then... You could see, just like what you said, this guy pretty close to me with a like, big, beautiful camper. And you could see him kind of standing in his doorway looking at me and thinking, like, I can't believe that guy just slept outside. Yeah. And like, that's insane. He, this guy's got to be miserable. So he brings me now a, a, over another cup of coffee, <laughs> cream, sugar, and he gets it all dolled up. Yeah. I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> it is awesome. Like, this is perfect. See, that's how I love camping. It's <laughs> yeah. underneath the stars, no tent. Yeah. You know? I mean, that, maybe that's the reason I'm, like, really starting. I love the mountains. But, like, when I'm riding on my chopper, traveling through Mexico yeah. in the southwest is just, like, my favorite. Yeah. Because it's, like, dry. Right. You can, it gets cool in the evenings. Yeah. You just yeah. lay really on nice. the ground. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. What's, so, what's the climate like over there? Is it changing? Like, are you going through different climates daily? Or is it, like, for a couple of days you're... Well, so, like, so like that night in France, I was, I was heading south. I was coming out of coming out of Holland and headed down to Portugal. So yeah, I was barely straight south. So yeah, I was getting 
increasingly warmer every day until you hit the Pyrenees, because then you have to cross the Pyrenees. Right and those are mountain. giant mountain range. Yeah. And so I came over the Pyrenees and twice, actually, in a snowstorm, both directions, southbound in a snowstorm. And then when I came back up and over, hit another snowstorm. So you're going over these massive mountain passes, and it's like dumping snow, and which I kind of love. I kind of, I, I kind of get off on that a little bit. Yeah. I don't know why. I had this thing of like, if you're if you're going to be in the mountains, like let's make it let's make it hard, like let's make this as difficult as possible. Because the mountains are already like a rugged dude, environment. You should get off road, dude. I know, I really That's, should. <laughs> dude, the, I crossed the Andes like on dirt roads multiple times, yeah. and it was so fucking sick. I bet, I bet. Like going over to from Chile to in a, Argentina at one point. Okay. I, there was a gnarly road. I mean, it's like a, one of the most dangerous roads in the world. Yeah. There's like a famous picture. There's like 60 fucking switchbacks, right? Awesome. It's sick. Yeah. And they're just like one after another, right? Yeah. You can like, you're looking over the edges, you're going up like, oh my God, I just came up there. Yeah. At one point you're going under like a ski lift thing. And anyways, I get through with that and then it's like bigger, longer, you know, you okay. can't see them all. You're going through the tops of these mountains. And then I find a dirt road and it does. Now it's those same switchbacks on fucking dirt, uh-huh. climbing up, and then you find like a Jesus statue at the fucking yeah, top yeah. at the border. <laughs> oh my god, awesome. it was so fucking sick. Yeah, that's up. And it rad. started snowing on me up there. I know it's the best. I so love it. Good. I love so it. So fucking good. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Because then also there's nobody ever on those roads during those times, because nobody else is willing to go out in it. Mm-hmm. So if you're willing to go do it, it's like man, yeah, get the road to yourself. Well, that's the thing. It's like you know, it's like riding. The interstate compared to two-lane back right, roads, right? right? You know, like the people on the interstate, they're trying to get someplace. Yeah. <clears> the two-laners, they're a little bit slower, right? They're like... Yeah. They're sightseeing. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, when you get to the fucking off-road dirt roads, they're on fucking vacation. <laughs> yeah, <You know>? exactly. <laughs> they're not even sightseeing. They are on vacation playing. <laughs> they got coolers of beers and uh-huh. shit, you know? Like, it's just a different experience, yeah, you yeah. know? It's fucking great. It is fun. I love, that's why I love, I love the road. And so the road of bones, I mean, it was like, it was way easier than you thought it was going to be. It's like, <laughs> they've paved it since last you oh, saw yeah. pictures. It's basically a super highway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, glassy smooth, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, taking I-7 across Kansas. It's super easy. Yeah. Dude, it was gnarly. Let's move over here. I want to smoke a cigarette outside your shop. Because this is going to be good. I want to hear about this road. Yeah. You know that. I am going to have to go hit this at some point. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Like it's. But do it quick before they, before they do actually pay that because you don't want to do that because then it just won't be as cool. Uh, um, although that being said, even getting there, even getting to the start of it is a massive obstacle in and of itself, you know? Oh, yeah. I can well imagine. Like there's no easy way to get to it. It's a long ways no matter how you look at it. I mean, yeah. You, I mean, you could ship, ship your bike to Moscow, start there, and it would still be 8,000 miles to the start. I mean, no way. Yeah, like no matter. No, what, I didn't realize like, that. Yeah, dude. there's there's no easy way to get there. So how many <laughs> miles from the border? Well, from like Tbilisi, from the route that I took, I think it was like seven thousand miles probably to the start of it. Okay. Did you go to Moscow? No, I didn't. I wasn't quite willing to push push the envelope that far. Really? <laughs> yeah. Just like any big city, it's kind of like. I was kind of like, man, I feel like I was lucky enough to get in this country. Yeah. I don't know if I need to go down to Red Square. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. You know, it's like, I don't need to be pushing the envelope here. Let's just stick to the path. I bet you were getting called. 
or like you know, like people were, you know, if there, you've got people reaching out to you, that there was people in Moscow going, dude, come through town. Oh, there was. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. There are people out there, and like you know, even St. Petersburg, Moscow, that knew I was in their country, that wanted me to come visit, and I was like, at the time, I just wrote it off because I didn't have time. Yeah, I was like, I don't have time to go up there because it, it was quite a ways in the wrong direction. Uh, and there was some reality to that. I didn't necessarily yeah, I mean, you have also the got time. the weather, the time of year that you got it. Right, because the road of bones, you know, think about is, I mean, you're at times, you're brushing right up along the Arctic Circle. So that the weather window is pretty small. Like you don't have, it's not like you have a six month window to get across yeah. that road. Dude, what was the guy that you told me about uh, when we recorded the podcast? Anatoly, and the, the Russian guy who did it in the winter? No, it's not a Russian guy. Is he a Russian guy? No, oh, there's a Russian guy who's done that trip in the winter. What about the guy with the skis? Oh, the French what? guy. Yeah, what's his oh, name? Because I looked into him name? after that. And he is a fucking savage, dude. Yeah, dude, he's nuts. In um, the way that he, like, he puts so much effort into the film work he does, too, with I everything. I don't know it's how like, he does it. How are you even I can never doing get my, that, dude, dude? I can never get myself to stop and do any of that. Yeah. Oh, I, I wonder. Must just take forever. How much... How like much time pushback a day is do you spent? get? Yeah, and how much time a day is spent just filming? Like, here's the deal: if I'm going to film, we're going to go do that. We're going to go film. Yeah, it's hard to mix that and travel. It and is. Explore. I've have never. Become I know that there's that. a way to do it, but it's going to take somebody that's really good at it to just go with me. Right. Yeah. You know, like that's, that, that's you've got to do everything I else. I want to hire somebody I, to do it. You're fucking. I'll take care of you. But don't tell me to do this road again because you didn't get the shot. Because there's going to be another fucking road. Okay, bro? <laughs> I'm not riding that twice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No way. Oh. So you get to the road, bones, and he picked up somebody along the way, didn't he? I had picked up Anton along the way. Uh, our paths had crossed a week or two, maybe even two weeks previously. Okay. I had... I had Met him at a bike post. I, I was broken down. I was stuck at this post for a few days because my starter had gone gone out, and I was trying to get it fixed. And uh, so I met him just kind of in passing. Um, didn't really even have a real conversation with him. But I had just sort of caught wind. Two things that happened. I, I saw what he was riding. Tell us. And I was like, oh, that's fucking cool. Uh, and like an early 90s uh, Ege Jupiter 5. So Ege is a Russian company. Okay. They build these motorcycles or steaming piles of garbage. It's a two-stroke, uh, so you still got to mix his is oil there, and fuel. Is there like a sense of pride among Russians with those bikes? Absolutely not. Oh, there isn't? No. No, it's not like at all. A... No, no, no. So this is part of the story. Okay. So he's got this, <laughs> this okay. two-stroke Russian-built Ege, early 90s. It's not even a new one. It's a steaming pile of garbage. And uh, he's got this homemade trailer attached to it. Mm -hmm. Decent-sized trailer, actually. And the whole setup, you're just like, whoa, look at that. Like, I've never seen this wild. You're so brave. I would have just ran from this problem. Oh, no, I went straight to it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I love that stuff. I love Got to put stuff. a microphone in front of him and then ran. Yeah. So, and then I kind of overhear that he was going to Magadan. Which is? Which is the Road of Bones. Okay, the beginning? The end. The end. Oh, so he's doing the whole Road of Bones. So I hear he's going to Magadan. I'm like, well, there's only one way to get to Magadan. Okay. It's the Road of Bones. Like, literally the only road to get there. So I know he's on the same route that I am. I'm like, cause, and there's only one route from where I was to there. Like, there's no other way to go. And uh, 
So the next day, I asked the host of this bike post. I'm like, I'm like, hey man, like who, who, who is that guy with the trailer? He's like, oh, it's An- Anton. I'm like, I, did I hear right that he's going to Magadan? He's like, yeah, going to Magadan. I'm like, think I could get his phone number? Because <laughs> I'm thinking like, I kind of wanted a travel buddy for that particular road. The whole rest of the trip, I didn't really want to be with anybody. But for the road of bones, I kind of did. Yeah. And I was on the fence about even doing it alone. Part of me was telling, really? part of me was telling myself, if you have to hang out for a minute like, and find somebody, yeah, or or I just skip it and I go to Vladivostok, which you were really thinking this. Oh, making it into this country, hundred percent. Wow, hundred because that's how bad that road is. Yeah, like that's that's not a road you take lightly. Like that is you need to go into that with a pretty serious mindset of things are going to get real, you know. Yeah, and you're legitimately like you know it's. You can get yourself into life and death situations like extremely quick, and knowing what I'm riding, I'm like, this bike's not built for this. Yeah, the possibilities even, are a little bit higher. I don't than even the- know the condition, the real conditions of this road, because that information is pretty much impossible to find. Um, everything I've been told is that it was impossible to get this bike down it. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody one after another was like, nope, not gonna happen. No way you'll get that bike down that road. Impossible. Which. Most of it I just ignored. Dude, I got some information. Like and just kind of fed there. the fuel, actually. Yeah. It's, so it's kind of like fueled the fire of like. Those are the mm, best roads for my experience. Yeah, I'm like, no, no, it's kind of like. They told me anymore. on my adventure bike I couldn't go down a road one time. Oh, fuck. And it was the best road ever. Ever. Yeah, right. Exactly. So I, I kind of the same attitude. But that being said, there's some st- apprehension there. Yeah, it's a lot of apprehension. And part of me thought it would just be borderline stupid to even do it by myself. Uh, in case I got myself in a situation I couldn't get out of. Um, so here, now suddenly I was presented with this opportunity to possibly have a travel buddy who speaks Russian. Who speaks the language, speaks which the goes language, a long way. Um, is a mechanic by trade, so he knows. Obviously. Yeah. And then is also on an equally stupid motorcycle. <laughs> so... yeah. I'm like, this is like the golden opportunity. I'm like, I couldn't have asked. Like, I couldn't have come up with a better scenario. Had somebody asked me a best case scenario, I, w- I couldn't have even yeah, come I up with have this. Dream that. You know? Yeah. Like, I didn't realize just how perfect this was going to be because there's no way he's moving fast. There's no way I'm moving fast because had I tried to partner up with somebody on a big GS Pretty or an much Africa twin. anybody else that shows up to ride that road. Yeah, they would have got bored after two hours and been like, no, dude, I'm not, I can't, no way. I can't this go this. This isn't even safe for me to go yeah, that slow. Yeah, I can't go this slow. Yeah. Where for him, we are, in the, we are on the same page. That's crazy. His bike's hor- How lucky is horribly that? underpowered, horribly unreliable, and incredibly slow. And the handling is garbage because of the trailer. So... It's perfect. So the it joke. Was perfect. So the joke by the end of it was, his bike has no quality. My bike has no suspension. <laughs> We're perfect. It's a perfect match, <laughs> you know. And so you know, we spent you know seven days covering twelve hundred miles, thirteen hundred miles. So break that down to how many miles per day, and uh, averaging fifteen, sixteen hours per day on the bike. Oh my god. To cover to cover 150 miles maybe. And that's not like 
And that wasn't because we were stopping a lot. That's because we're moving like 15 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. I did basically did 1,300 miles in first and second gear. Oh. Uh, I think I got into third gear for maybe a total of 20 miles of that road. Oh, my word. Yeah. There were a couple times I clicked over 30 miles an hour, and I thought I was flying. Wow. I was like, we're flying. From my experience on a road like that, <laughs> when you do click to third... Yeah. You end up finding out why you hadn't been in third. <laughs> right. Because now you're going too <laughs> fast and you hit something. You're like, immediately, oh! immediately go back to second. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, there was like one video clip of me actually riding down that road that Anton took. And that was on one of the sections where we're like, oh my God, we're flying. And all of a sudden his camera's out. We're all casual and cool. We're like, yeah, it's awesome. They're covered so much time. We'll be there in no time. And this is like sandpit. Yeah. <laughs> Damn yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> ah, that fun is over. So now the road, was it rocky? Was it sandy? It was uh, all of it. Like literally all of it. Um, loose rocks? Those rocks that like, are just in the ground that don't move? It was like big fist-sized rocks that were super loose sitting on top. Oh, those are fucking... That like, you're just like skiing like through. Baby heads? That yeah, are baby like, head stuff. And you're just yeah. skiing through and they're loose and they're bouncing all over the place. And you can't hold a line to save your life. And you got both feet down for 40 miles. It would go from that, and then it would go to like the the hard, pointy, chunky rocks that are like embedded in the that you just don't know how your tires are not getting right. slashed to hell. Yeah, and isn't it, feels it like, amazing what and it tires feels like can you're do? in a riverbed? You're like yeah. you're like I'm going through a riverbed right now. This isn't even a road. The shale stuff that slides. Yeah, the baby heads have a little bit more structure to hold each other. Right. But those flat, more rigid rocks, they just slide off the surfaces yeah. in they, every direction. And they're kicking you all over the place. And then now, were you wearing good boots? Yeah, I was just wearing my normal Justin cowboy boots, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I always wear perfect boots for terrain like that. That's what I've always worn. Yeah. And then, and then you'd, you'd come off of that, you know, and, uh, and then you'd hit a stretch of deep sand where it felt like you're riding on the beach and for miles and miles. And then you'd hit a patch of mud and then you'd be like, he'd drop his, he'd drop his motorcycle in the mud and we'd stop and pick it up and then he'd go a little bit. Then I'd drop my bike in the mud and... We just basically, ultimately, at the end of the day, ended up walking miles a section or miles a road because really all you're doing is riding as far as you can until you drop it because it's just like, it's like riding on ice. And then you'd have to like, sort of like, he'd be ahead and he'd walk back to me, get my bike going. Then I'd pass him and he'd wreck his bike and I'd walk backwards to him. You're not going to turn around and ride back. I'm not going to ride back. So you just park and then hope it doesn't fall over in the mud while trying to park it and then walk back. So, you know, you're, you're walking miles and miles of road, basically, at that point. And then, now, how much traffic did you run into? Were there, are there trucks so that, that use this road? Yeah, so that was the other huge problem, really. And I knew that dust was a massive problem out there. Um, so, and I knew that in Yakutsk. Um, so I stayed at a bike post in Yakutsk. It's actually a clubhouse. Um, and I'm staying there for a few days. Like that's where I swapped out my front tire for a new one because I wanted to go into it fresh. Um, I went to an auto parts store, and dust is such a problem in that part of the world that they make these socks basically that fit over your filter. Yeah. It's an additional filter. Yeah. So I got like three of those and cut them down to shape so they fit it over the top of my air filter. You're running this exposed air filter with no cover on it. Yeah. Well, in fact, I have some of the socks from. Yakutsk. But yeah, you, but this is the setup you're running, right? Yeah, I was like running without that. the metal cover. And then if you look at my toolbox over there, behind that bottle of blue stuff, uh -huh. you'll see those little white yep. 
sock Almost things. like coffee filters. Yeah. I took, I took the, the, those came from Yakutsk. Um, but I took some of those and cut them down so that I could slide them over the top of that. Mm-hmm. And then, and you then just pull them off. Pull them off, them. either trash it if it was done, or at least shake the dust out of it and put it back on. Um, How did the bike run over there? Ran fine. I'd have to occasionally, you know, throughout the day, stop and let it cool down. Yeah, Because yeah. it's getting so hot. You're not going fast enough You're to not, cool it. Yeah, so it's just blazing hot, you know, but. Was it, it was hot, huh? Well, no, hot the, the air temperature wasn't necessarily hot, okay. but the engine was getting yeah, blazing yeah, yeah, hot. Because okay. like you said, you're not moving fast enough yeah. to cool it. Um, so what would happen is that you get these trucks coming down the road occasionally, and behind them would just be a wall, like a brown cloud wall of dust behind them. And it was so thick that you could barely even see your front wheel. So you'd have to come to a well, stop. Your front wheel is really far away from it you. It is, admittedly. <laughs> it's a little Not further like a away bike, than most people. But <laughs> <laughs> so you'd stop, put your feet down, let the truck pass, let the dust clear, and then go. Wearing a bandana? Uh, occasionally. Full face? Occasionally put a bandana on, but I had a full face helmet. Okay. Yeah, and then it does That only helps job. a little. Yeah, it does. dust like that. Yeah. Better than nothing, that's for sure. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It's just like... An endless stream of obstacles. Within. Now, did you feel the dangerous aspect of it was just being so far away from anything? To that, if, in my if opinion, something did happen, it's like yeah. you got to have enough gear and hope that you can, figure you can it survive out until it. you can figure it out. That, in my opinion, is the most dangerous aspect of it. Uh, there are some sections of road, like going over some mountain passes, because there's some mountains out there you go over, uh, where the road is tight, narrow, Big drop-offs, like if you went off the road, they would never find you, yeah. situations. So but there was some actual, like, dangerous sections where... For sure. Besides just the terrain. For or sure. The, or the, the structure of the road. Yeah. What wasn't the road was also... Absolutely, yeah. 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 Was there much, like, uh, wildlife or not wild? To, yeah, wildlife to, or trees or, I uh, mean... Tons, yeah, tons of trees, so dense forests. Uh, we were heavily warned about bears. Uh, but yet we didn't see any. Okay. Um, That's uh, right. I forget they got them over yeah, there. Yeah, people were giving us like basically flashbangs, bang canisters. They're giving us all kinds of stuff. Because yeah, those are the grizzlies. They, don't, they will just use you as food. Not, I think there are some grizzlies, um, but they're like you know brown and black bears, and they're not those used to aggressive. humans. It's not like in Colorado where you see a bear, it'll probably scamper off. Yeah. Because they know humans. Out there, not so much. It's like Kodiak Island where they see humans and they're like, that's like, just ah, food. That's food. just food yeah. moving I'm around on you. our fucking ground. <laughs> so, but no, actually, I was, uh, I was actually almost kind of looking forward to seeing some of that stuff, but we never did. Well, you're probably moving so slow, making so much fucking noise. Noise, yeah. You know, the well, the concern was more was at night scattered. when we were sleeping. Oh, yeah. You know, there's always that concern. So, were you, so was you there mean, towns along the way? or did you have little to, villages. Were you stocking up each one of those, or did you stock up before you left, not knowing if you were going to have? Stocked up before we left, but there were some villages where you could get supplies. Yeah. And there'd be, you know, gas, gas stations. Um, gas stations were pretty far apart. I mean, at one point, we had to cover like 300-something miles between gas stations. So, I mean, that's a long stretch. Especially for that dude. Well, yeah. But he had a trailer, so he had to load up a bunch of fuel. <laughs> I had a gas, six-gallon gas can strapped to the top of mine, plus was four bottles of fuel, and I still, like, barely made it. 
Um, oh, this was it. You had that tank and those four. You didn't have an extra one for this stretch? Or? I had that tank, those four bottles, plus another six-gallon plastic oh, fuel can. <laughs> I thought you were talking about literally the one strapped to your bike right no, now. No, no, no. Another six Another gallons. Six gallons. <laughs> <laughs> so basically seven gallons between the six-gallon jerry can plus those four bottles make about a gallon. And then what's your And then plus a five-gallon tank. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, 12 gallons. They get pretty good gas mileage when you're going slow. No. They really? don't. Mine does. It's something I did not anticipate. Maybe on that terrain. Because like on the okay. ruck, I've been stuck in shitty traffic where I'm just going 20, 30 miles an on hour. On your shovel or on your pen On my shovel. Okay. Yeah. So I, that was not the experience that I had. Because I sat on my shovel head one time for over three hours. Oh, shit. And didn't stop. Okay. You know, normally when I'm riding it, it takes an hour and a half before I run out of gas. Yeah. And I guess maybe I didn't cover as many miles. That's what it was. I'm sure I just yeah. was going slow as fuck. Maybe. Sitting on a rigid chopper for over three hours. Was because I, I expected to get really good gas mileage. And at one point, I ran out of gas. And I'm looking at the distance I covered. I'm like, there's no way I'm out of gas. I'm going down like 120-something miles. No way I'm out of fuel. Open that thing up. I'm like, oh, it's bone dry. And kind of had that moment of like, oh, no. Yeah. I didn't realize going this slow. What about the other moment, though, when you're like, fuck, something happened because there's no way I'm out of gas. And then you see that you are out of gas. You're like, okay, that's a relief. But now. So funny story. (laughs) And slightly embarrassing. I I think I know exactly where this is going. (laughs) There was one time uh, where that happened, and I thought, "There's no way I'm out." In fact, it might have been it might have been the moment that I realized I was out of gas, Um, but it hadn't quite clicked that I was out of gas because the the mileage didn't add up. Didn't add up. So that wasn't even a thought that you might be out of gas. I fucking totally pulled my carburetor apart, like. Jets needles out of it. it completely disassembled <laughs> on the side of this dusty ass fucking road, trying to like help oh the not lose parts. Just 100% convinced that my carburetor's clogged. Because there's all the dust in the air. Yeah, like, yeah. Not even a question. Sense. Like, of course, of course there's the something in there. clogged up. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Completely fucking taken apart. Put it all back together. Still doesn't start. And I don't know. I don't know what it was that made me think. Oh, maybe I should crack the, crack the uh, fuel cap. Yeah, maybe it's make, not venting Maybe correctly. it's vapor locked or something. Yeah, yeah. And then when I did that, it goes whoosh, lets all the pressure out, which it only does when it's almost out of gas. And I was like, well, that's weird. So I fucking open it up, look inside there, and I'm like, I'm fucking out of gas. Fucking pour a bottle of fuel in there, starts right up. I'm like, I wish I would have known that like an hour and a half ago. Dude, I can, I can, I can one-up that, dude. I was in, where was I? West Texas or someplace. I had just slept in all subs, right? Yeah. And uh, bike quits running. I'm like, fuck, you know. And I before the trip, I had something happen with my point set up on okay. the nose cone shovel, and I yeah. put in an electric ignition. Okay. So I just assume that the electric ignition goes out. I failed, yeah. I end up rewiring the whole fucking bike because oh, I, no. I could see the light coming on. I'm yeah. like, finally some guy like pulls over, he's helping me out, and you know, and I'm like, man, I don't, the light's working, like it should, it should be yeah. fucking running. He goes, well, have you checked it for gas? And I was like, 
No, and he opens it up, it's bone dry. I had just left a gas station where I stopped and got a burrito and didn't put gas in the fucking thing. Oh, no. It had spent way too much time. Yeah. Fucking with something that Rewiring was not this whole a thing. problem. Yeah. You know? <laughs> not even an issue. That was embarrassing. Yeah. Well, those moments happen. Yeah. Oh, it's your wife. Yeah, it is. Awesome. Yeah, well. Probably a good time to wrap it up there. I guess so, man. Yeah. I mean, we could do this for a long time. Absolutely. Right? And we will do this again. Yeah, everyone's bored by now anyway, listen. Dude, if they're to this point. Yeah, yeah, if they've made it this far. He's like, dude, like, did he make it? Obviously he did. He's yeah, survived. He's sitting right here. <laughs> exactly. What was at the end, though? How was the end feeling, like making it? Oh, the end was amazing. So the, the, that final day, everybody told us, like, the last day is, like, the easiest stretch. It's, like, 250 miles from Susamin to Magadan. In one day. Like in one day, they're like, you can do it. And me and Anton, have, of course, yeah. Um, inside, to your left, in the hallway. Babe, you're so beautiful. <laughs> um, so everybody was like, yeah, no problem. Like 250 miles, but, you know, it's like the roads are as good as they will ever get for that stretch of road. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so me and Anton are even like, we're even there, like a little hesitant, like, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, like, your definition of a good road, considering what we're riding, you know. Yeah, we don't know. But the other problem is that, is that there's nowhere to stop in between. So you, you, or unless you sleep on the side of the road. So okay. it's like, if you want to get to the next town, the next town is Magadan. So we leave bright and early. I think we're giving ourselves like plenty of time to get there. The whole moto community in Magadan, which is like, you know, 20 people, it's surprisingly large. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. surprisingly large. Um, they're all waiting for us. They're all sending us messages. How far away are you? Dude, it took 20, like a little over 20 hours to get to Magadan. Oh, my We finally get there. And we are just like blurry-eyed, exhausted. The road is nowhere near as nice as everybody had been telling us. And we're just destroyed. And now it's getting cold. So now it's like, you know, 35, 40 degrees. We're freezing. But we're like refusing to put on more clothes because we swear we're almost there. Yeah, you're almost there. You know, like yeah. we're not stopping for anything. Just go, just go, just go, just go. And we pull into town. It was like 1 or 1.30 in the morning when we pull in and we see the sign, the big tower that says Magadan on it. It's all lit up. We're like, holy fuck, we did it. And there's all these people waiting for us. There's That's motorcycles like lined up on the curb. Awesome. Like awesome. a full-blown party. You swear it's the middle of the day. We're like, what the hell? And so they're all happy and cheering and taking pictures. Dude, we got the full like treatment when we came at to town. At one o'clock in the morning. And they're looking at us, and we're haggard. We're just black from dust, and our bikes are haggard, covered in mud and filthy, and they can't believe what we're even on. Yeah, they're looking at his bike, like, how'd that make it? And looking at my bike, like, how'd that make it? Like, this is, their minds are melting. <laughs> like, they don't even understand like what's happening. And we're too tired. To but they probably have a better understanding than the rest of the world. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Cause they, cause been, and they're still blown away. Because they've done the road. Yeah. They, they, they know it. And they're like, we can't believe you guys just did this. And uh, so, yeah, we had a quick, you know, meet and greet, hello, hang out, take pictures. And then they uh, took us over to a hostel that first night because it was kind of the easiest situation, put us up for the night. And then the next day, they came and collected us and drove us around town and took us out to eat. And ended up, we ended up staying at this guy's house that following night, uh, actually for the following week. And now, once um, you get there, what's, you don't turn around and go back, do you? Anton did. 
No way. Yeah. No, you let him go by himself? Well, no. He ended up riding with a guy from Moscow. So we on reconnected a or? on a bike. Okay. And he was a guy that we had met I'd have been up looking with. for a fucking truck. Yeah, dude. I would have let that bike on fire and flown <laughs> home, personally. But and he was into it. He was doing it on a, on a dare. He was bet. His buddies bet him some money that he could not, not get that bike to, to Magadana back. Though. Oh, no way. Yeah. <laughs> but he did it. So then what'd you do? I shipped my bike to Mexico. So that's where you could put it on a boat? Yeah. Or you put it on a plane? Uh, boat. Okay. So I went from... So Magadan is like the other side of Russia up there at the ocean. Super again. far northeast. Wow. So I had to go from Magadan by boat to Vladivostok, which is like a legitimate-sized city, but it's like a thousand or more miles south. Did you have to go meet it there? or No, there was, no. Um, then went from Vladivostok to South Korea, South Korea to Mexico. Wow. Uh, but once I left Magadan, I never saw. I didn't see it till Mexico. You didn't even care. To and then see I again. just flew home. So then I got on a plane, flew from Magadan to Moscow to Istanbul, to Bulgaria to Germany, and then Denver. So that was like a four-day flight. Like not like short layovers, layovers each time, or did you like get off? Pretty much just got off and back on. Yeah, there was a. I spent a, like a day in Bulgaria basically. Okay. That was a little bit longer layover. But, but that was my only route. Could have gone to St. Pauli at that point. Because of all the sanctions. Oh, yeah. Like, I couldn't fly into Georgia because of the sanctions. The only, my only oh, route coming out, of Russia. out of Russia was Turkey. Oh, yeah. Okay. That was my only option I had to get to Turkey. Yeah. That's why I couldn't just go from Russia to Mexico. I want to go to Turkey. Which would have been a fuckload faster. Yeah. That was like an eight-hour flight. Could have been, been home in a day. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so yeah, wild. you should you should do it. You should take your shovel, go do it. Yeah, take a chopper. I think the next because 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 everyone always everyone has always said you can't do road of bones on a chopper. Well, I just feel like I proved them wrong. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, why do I have to? Now you've already like, done it. Now it's like it's it's I open. I don't have to do it. It's open season. You've already done it now. <laughs> you know, I don't have to do that. Yeah, but I did it on a long bike. You should go do it on a short bike. And vintage. I'm no, on a twin cam. No fucking no desire. Yeah, I mean, I would like to ride the road. Uh, the Pan American is pretty fucking sweet, dude. Yeah, but you can't take a Pan American to Russia on the Trans Siberian. You have to, you have to get the Harley Trans Siberian model. Well, it, that's what it'll be when I get done with it. <laughs> True. Right now, it's the Dan America. The Dan America, yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, it's good talking to you. Yeah. No, I. Uh, when I go over there, as much as I would like to go visit some people in Germany and and do that whole, you know, European stuff, I think I want to go to Africa. Uh, that's what's calling me. That's what's next for the you. Fucking Death Acre, you know. Yeah, like, I am on the fence about that oh one. Oh my god! And I've gotten. I'd rather do. I'm not going to say I'm great at sand, but I've gotten like. Sure, you got better. I figured out, it. out how to ride that Pan American sand pretty good. Yeah. You, know, you run through a couple washes in Moab, and it's either figure it the fuck out or leave your bike there. And, yeah. True. You know, just yeah. leave it. Yeah. Uh, it's same with Argentina. There was. Do we found this fucking? Not found it. These guys took me to this like these sand dunes that were black. Yeah. And it was like salt. It wasn't like salt, but it felt more like salt than it did sand. Okay. But it was sand and it was black. When I first saw it, I thought it was like a weird it's mud. Like silt. And then they just yeah. blasted through it. And I was it's like, powdery. Fucking sick. Yeah. So good. Awesome. But you haven't done Africa, huh? No. I think that's kind of a little lower on my list. I think I'd rather do Australia before that. Yeah. Yeah. Australia would be good. Yeah. I got a bike waiting for me there. Oh, nice. So. Perfect. That'll happen yeah. at some point. 
yeah, I'll do Africa someday, but it'll be kind of at the, after I feel like I've done everything else. And you know, another trip I'm working on, I don't know if I've told her yet, I'll be, maybe she'll quit li listening for a second, <laughs> is I want to do a fucking trip back to Argentina. Okay. Go to, uh, through the fucking wine country again. Ooh, yeah. Because it was so fucking beautiful. Yeah. Argentina was the first spot, like, traveling from Texas south where I was like, I got to bring my wife back here. Yeah. You know, like, there were some places, yeah, I would love for her to see and I would love to experience with her, but it was like the infrastructure and just the risk involved and yeah. the, the shit you got to go through to get there. You know, there's, like, there's other places to go. Right. But Argentina, I mean, being able to get the bike there, you know, fairly simple. Sure. And then they've got just enough infrastructure. The culture's just perfect. Yeah, and, cool. And it was fucking beautiful. I bet. You I know, bet. like, yeah. Patagonia someplace, <clears throat> you know, you kind of hear about. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's just incredible. Wait, the eyes. Yeah. Like it's, A lot more than you can really comprehend. Yeah. When even like saying, like, even when I was riding through it, like, you know, I'd seen a lot by that point. Sure. Right? You know, like sure. I'd seen a lot of yeah. really fucking sweet shit. And it also is like reaffirming how much I love seeing uh, scenery in the distance. Like, yeah. I love twisties and mountains. It's good. Sure. But what I really like is being able to see for miles. Yeah, those huge vistas. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's pretty awesome. It's colors. And yeah. You got to try that out. You, I mean, you've done Mexico. Yeah. Yeah, but I haven't been south. So I think that actually is next, is, is to basically do that same trip you did. Um, I'll do it on my chop. Yeah. Kayla will do it probably on that Triumph with a sidecar, I would imagine. That's probably another year or so down the road, I would think. Yeah. You know, when I was, before I decided to do it this time, even though I didn't really decide to do it before I left, when I'd looked into it like three years ago, I was yeah. going to do it on the Sportster. And everything I read was like, just, you know, if you're under any kind of time crunch, just skip Central America. You know, right. like it's just. Yeah, a lot of people say that. Just go to Colombia. And I always thought, fuck, you know, why would you do that? I know. Hey, Charlie Skip, Central America. Let's see, I'm, I'm going to ignore it also. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you right now. Like, I know. I'm not going to listen. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll do the whole thing. You might agree at the end, but you're not going to listen yeah, up front. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put a smile on my it's, face uh, and pretend like I'm listening. No, but those, <laughs> Central America was great. It was just like, I think just having one person with you will go a long way. I'm sure. Added level of comfort at each crossing or yeah. each situation yeah. where it's like, all right, at least we're both, you know, one, you know yeah, it's, yeah. two sets of eyes here. Right, right. And one person can go inside and handle the paperwork while the other person yeah, watches the bike. Yeah, at least look, you know. Yeah. 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 That'll be good. Yep. That'll, you'll enjoy that. Yeah, that'll be uh, good. You know, this fucking wild shit down there. Yep. Wild shit. That's what it's all about, though. It's good. I'm glad that your trip went the way it did and... Uh, you know, I'm glad that you were challenged as much as you were and that you were over to you were able to, you know, overcome and like yeah. go beyond it and it was not there, let it was those everything things. I was looking it was everything I was looking for. It I, sounds like it was a little more. I wanted a challenge and I got every ounce of challenge I could <laughs> I could handle. <laughs> and I'm glad you got to meet Patrick. Yeah, he's awesome. You know, that yeah. dude, he's a trip. And yeah. he's he has got so much energy. He's so fucking fired up. Oh, yeah, way more than and I do. He, oh, he, I mean, way more than most yeah. people do. <laughs> you know, especially, like, being that excited about... I mean, even to this day, if I post anything about doing some cool shit, he is, like, stoked about it. Yeah. You know, he's like, yeah. fuck yeah, Dan. Yeah. You know, like... Yeah, he's cool. 
I really enjoyed my time there. I, uh, I've only hung out with him in person for like an hour. Oh, okay. And he fucking found me in Nepal. Dude, you should like sp- literally. You should spend a few weeks with him. Found me. That'll blow your mind. <laughs> <laughs> you, should, you should really so, go over there and get, on, and get on one of his bikes. He got a bunch of new KTMs. I, I think, know. I'm going. He fucking has been hammering dude. me. Uh, and really, at the beginning of this podcast, I came up with an idea that I think will it'll work out for everybody. Like I figured out how to like <clears throat> to link some things together to yeah. like make everybody mutually uh, stoked. Awesome. So. Yeah, I'm glad that I figured that out. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Well, Charlie, thanks for uh, picking me up, yeah. not making me hang out at the Harley dealership. Yeah, I wonder I couldn't, couldn't do that to you. What the result is. I considered it, but I was like, nah, I can't They do that. still haven't even sent me a message. Of course not. Of course not. Yeah. They're probably still trying to find the drain plug for the oil. I shouldn't say that out loud. I'm sorry. Yeah, Charlie, I love, <laughs> I love you, dude. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Okay. Yeah, I know. It's fucking nuts. Me and him could have talked all day, but, you know, it was time to fucking shut her down. I want to thank everybody who supports the show, whether it's through Patreon, whether it's just listening. Uh, If you want to tell your friends, you know, there's a lot of ways to support. You don't have to be an MC Shop Tee subscriber, even though you will be missing out on some badass fucking T-shirts. MCShopTees.com, LowBrowCustoms.com. Uh, Choppers Magazine, Harley motherfucking Davidson, and um, yours truly, Danger Dan. Fucking, I got I got some good podcasts lined up. I'm like backlog, dude. I've been out for three weeks or some shit. I mean, we recorded this podcast three or four weeks ago, and I've recorded multiple since then. So, anyhow, see you on the road in the wind. <laughs>